And now, introducing two men who are really growing to understand the argument that the Orioles should wait to call up Jemai Jones because of his defense after yesterday's game because, quote, there's just so much to like about Pat Vileka at the Keystone, whether you're talking about nearly killing Ryan Mountcastle or his sterling 186 average, unquote. While it is hard to relate to Giannis's ability on the court, neither man has ever come close to scoring 50 points in a basketball game here, though they found themselves wholly relating to the experience of ordering 50 chicken chicken minis at the Chick-fil-A drive-thru. They are not Glenn Clark. Good morning, Glenn Clark Radio, Glenn Clarkless Radio, Stan Charles Radio, Kyle Ottenheimer Radio, whatever you want to call it, we are here. On a Thursday edition of the program, as I mentioned, Kyle Ottenheimer, Stan the Fan Charles, sitting across from me, young Jack, the intern uh, on the other seat in the, in the studio. You can't see him right now. You'll see him later for the Two Utes segment. Got a fun show ahead as we broadcast from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio here at Pressbox. Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialist. Uh, this morning we will chat with former Ravens wide receiver and a friend of the show, Kadri Ismail. At 10.20 to get his thoughts on the Ravens as training camp is just around the corner. The rookies reported a couple days ago. I saw Lamar Jackson getting wheeled through the airport trying to be a conspicuous or inconspicuous. One of those two. Whichever inconspicuous. It is. Inconspicuous. But he was probably being conspicuous without trying. He's Lamar Jackson. Uh, that'll be 10.20. At 11 o'clock, we will chat with Masson analyst uh, or sideline reporter, whatever you want to call it, Melanie Newman, uh, as she will recap the historic broadcast that took place on YouTube TV on Tuesday night with an all-female broadcasting team, the first time in Major League history that that took place. So excited to get her thoughts on that. And then at 11.30, we'll make our trip over to Bowie and chat with outfielder Kyle Stowers, who I'm not sure if he got the memo. You're supposed to... To, to struggle more when you get moved up. He's been hitting better at Bowie than he was at Aberdeen. Uh, that's pretty cool. Excited to chat with him about exactly how he's doing it and uh, get his thoughts about what's going on get, over I, there in I got to get back out to Bowie. I was out there about a month ago. For the uh, gas can night, right? I was there gas can night, uh, and that was just I picked the night because I do the Zooms Monday and Wednesday, right. so needless to say it had to be a Tuesday or Thursday or yeah. a Friday. So I picked a Tuesday, and it was Grayson Rodriguez. Fortuitous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to see Stowers, though. No, I mean, he's uh, definitely impressing over there yeah. at Bowie, along with other people. As Adley Rushman had seven RBIs and two home runs last That's night. all? Only yeah, seven only two, home yeah. runs? I mean, two home runs and yeah, seven right? RBIs. Uh, today's show is also brought to you by Toyota and buyatoyota.com. You can get the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4, available in hybrid or gas-only models, a RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. So, the Orioles lost yesterday uh, in thrilling fashion. They had the lead for three. Uh, Tanner Scott took the mound in the ninth looking to get a save, maybe boost his trade value, and, well, they blew it. I, I didn't understand after the game... I was expecting Tyler Wells to come in. It was odd. And, and Wells had not pitched the day before. And Brandon sort of 
beat us to the punch. He said, well, Tyler was down for the day. And then somebody did say, well, he didn't pitch. He right. goes, no, we, we. Now, I know that they're kind of, he's coming back from major, a couple years ago, having major shoulder surgery. Mm-hmm. So I understand that. I just found you, you bring them into six to one games a couple times or six to two games where there's a big lead and it's not a quote save situation. Right. And yesterday was ripe to give him that first shot at really coming in to get us a, a true save, sure. starting an inning, and they they opt to bring in Tanner Scott. I didn't cool. understand it. Talked about it yesterday with Dan yeah. Connolly. Uh, Brandon Hyde's bullpen management is not beyond reproach. There is certainly you, know, you can find criticisms and all yeah. that, but you know Tanner Scott, you want to see him succeed as well. You want to see him make the most of opportunities when given them, and I know that. Jim Palmer was a bit perplexed as to Austin Wynn's pitch calling. I don't know whether he just didn't have the slider the way that he normally does, but they were calling a lot of fastballs in the inning that he did pitch, and it ended up you know, working against the Orioles as the Rays found a way to put two across in the bottom of the ninth for a walk-off victory. Uh, You know, it's a tricky thing, right? You want to see the Orioles win when you watch, but at the same time you understand that all things considered – not the end of the world. It's It was nice to see them competitive. There have been a yeah. couple times they've played Tampa this year, especially the series here in Baltimore yep. back in May, where we didn't even look like we belonged on the same field with them. In this situation, we beat them one out of three, and we're one strike away from winning the series. Yep. So the Orioles lose. Uh, they lose the series as a result, as they had a chance to take two of three against the Rays in Tampa. But... Fell short. Um, still some things. I mean, Ryan Mountcastle hit a home run. You like to see him get the bat back going. I know he had had a pretty tough July. It was his first of the month after having a torrid June. Um, but all things considered, it, it is what it is, right? The Orioles will now have a day off before taking the field tomorrow. You, you mentioned the uh, training camp just a couple, you yep. know, couple days away now. What's it like? Another week before all the veterans report the 28th, I think yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, thereabouts. Um, that might be a week from today. But, uh, Six days I, from I've now. had two sightings. I won't mention the park because I, I don't, don't wanna, think yeah. – but uh, I've, I've been at this park twice mm-hmm. or nearby it. I was in the park once and nearby it yesterday. Yep. Justin Tucker sightings. Look, I mean – I understand he takes a bag – a big bag of footballs – and kicks field goals himself. I don't think himself. it's an accident that he's as good as yeah. he is. Um, takes work in the off season, and he has clearly perfected the art of kicking. And that's a boon for the Ravens, as they do have yeah. the best kicker in all of football. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to get your thoughts before we chat with Kadri a smile at about you know, 13 minutes from now. There's been a lot of scuttlebutt on Twitter uh, due to what the well, Indianapolis Colts have decided to do with their quote unquote their quote-unquote, mm-hmm. throwback okay. uniforms. Okay. They will be resurrecting um, Baltimore Colts jerseys and helmets for what they are calling their throwbacks. Mm-hmm. And obviously and understandably, um, Baltimore has not taken kindly to that. We know what the Colts greats, Johnny Unitas, Lenny Moore, and the like, have have thought about you know being associated with the Indianapolis Colts and how they have brushed back at the idea that they want to really be included as their history. Yet we still see the franchise tout 
the legacy of Baltimore as yeah. their own. Um, you are a man who, I mean, certainly more than me. I was, I'm a man. Yes, you are. Yes. We are. We all are here. You are a man who has as much of a connection to the city of Baltimore dating back to when the Colts were here as probably anybody that I know. And I'd like to get your thoughts on, on all of it. Is it something that bothers you to see the legacy of the Baltimore Colts co-opted by Indianapolis and propped up. They literally did like a, a terrible Photoshop job in their right. introductory video with the standings of the league where they erased Baltimore and put Colts and like in the top left corner, there's still a national bohemian football player right. like in number right. 18 jersey. Right. Does it bother you the way it does other fans in the area that they are taking this stance and trying to purport this as as theirs well for, first of all i'm i'm a little perplexed i i have not seen this visually what their what their throwback jersey is going to be like or whatever but the 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 colt logo yeah. and i'm going to call it the colt logo sure. not the baltimore colt logo i mean for god's sakes they had been the a team in Dallas before they moved to Baltimore. Mm -hmm. So we were the product of a franchise shift. Yep. Um, I liken it to somebody who, who, who gets separated, you know, yep. they find out that their wife or, or husband is having an affair and then the marriage breaks. And I think you're one of the two people is heartbroken. Sure. And then 10, 13 years later, you know, normally in in real life it takes less time yeah. for it, but but you're suddenly both married. You've moved on, mm -hmm. and that's kind of where I am with it. Uh, I understand why the the Colt players who earned all those records playing for the Baltimore Colts would be so offended by by things like that. I think it was more not against the city of Annapolis, Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah. It was more against the Irsays. Oh, know? totally. Yeah. And it's not as if I don't know the ire is directed towards Indianapolis, right? You see some, some Colts fans making asses of themselves on Twitter trying to defend the actions right. and, you know, being like, oh, they wanted to get out of the crap town Baltimore and all. Like, they, they spew nonsense. That's what fans do, right? They take right. the side of the franchise and, and they dig their heels in and talk crap. But, you know, it's... I, it's understandable that fans would be upset about it, right? Like even ones who are young, like myself, were were being like, "Oh, your throwbacks, huh?" Like the the, the comments in the thread of yeah, the post I, by I the Colts it. are. I get it. And you know, I, it's it maybe has done some to to reinvigorate perhaps the the hatred that that fans felt for the Colts prior. I think that had since subsided quite a bit since Peyton Manning had left and they were no longer, I guess, the fixtures at the top of the AFC. Um, you, you have to – the biggest thing here is you question what, it, what are they gaining by doing this? They're, they, they are sort of kicking sand in your face a right. little bit. you know, like Pulling scabs off yeah. and trying to, to reopen wounds that had since been healed. But I, I tend to agree that – I would imagine that, pragmatically speaking, we can all agree that we are pretty fond of the history of the Baltimore Ravens since they've come to Baltimore. Correct. There is a lot to be prideful about. Uh, two Super Bowl victories. Yeah, um, we make no pretense about trying to trade and have like uh, Leroy Kelly and sure. Jim Brown's records right. in the Baltimore Ravens records. And that was a, a, an oft-made point yep. in the in the responses to the initial post by the Colts. Um, it's it's a, it's slightly laughable, right, that they will 
say that the Indianapolis Colts have two Super Bowl victories right. in their history and that, that that they just pretend as though it's it's theirs. I, I used to, when I first uh, started having a, f- a phone with a camera on it, I used to love to take pictures of odd license plates that I would see and all mm-hmm. this. And I'm trying to remember where in the hell I saw this, but I was driving somewhere, and I just, just I can't remember. It's got to be at least 10 years ago. Okay. And I'm seeing this license plate, and I was with somebody, and I remember saying, quick, speed up, speed up. <laughs> and it was an Indiana, Indiana license plate okay. that had, like, the Colt logo on it and 1958 or something like that. And I took a picture of it, and it was one of those things when I changed phones. Yeah, I never, lost it. I lost it. Uh, and I was like, now that's chutzpah. You know, cognitive like, dissonance yeah. there yeah. involved. There's yeah. a lot of mental heuristics involved for Colts fans yeah. who want to kind of say. Trade off of yeah. the fact that, you know, like, hey, I was there, right. you know. Uh, yeah, so I, um, look, admittedly. It was a cool car, though. It was a uh, <laughs> Corvette. All right, well, there you yeah. go. I admittedly, like I said, do not have the personal connection to the Baltimore Colts the way that so many f- people in Baltimore do and probably still do. Um, but it, I can understand why it ruffles feathers. I can understand why, and they've been in Indianapolis long enough where you could have a 1984 or 83 throwback jersey, and it would be yours. It yeah. would be the Indianapolis Colts' legacy. But... You know, it's it seems moderately disingenuous in a nice way and then disrespectful in a mean way to an extent if you want to say what they're doing here and trying to essentially wash and glaze over the real history of the franchise. Um, and the Ravens, do we even have – are we allowed – we wouldn't be no, able to have a throwback copyright because of the trademark copyright or whatever trademark it was. Thing, yeah, because yeah. the logo itself yeah. was – they took it from the fan, and the fan the fan submitted right. it, and and it was not r- requested that they submitted it. They sent it in, and then somehow the Colts, uh, the Ravens, yeah. used a likeness to that, and a jury or a judge right. found in favor of the person who had submitted it. So and those are Ravens, good looking jerseys. They'd be yeah. fun throwbacks to be able to have in rotation. I'd like. I them. I never cared for that that whole thing. Yeah. See, my brother was involved. His ad agency. Trahan, Burton, and Charles uh, was the uh, ad agency for Merry-Go-Round. Okay. You remember Merry-Go-Round? I do not. Okay, Merry-Go-Round was a clothing chain, a national clothing chain, and Boogie Wineglass was the sort of the largest stockholder of Merry-Go-Round. He was the one that was fronting to try and bring an expansion team to Baltimore. Okay. And they had designed uh, a logo for the Baltimore Bombers because the the planes were were made manufactured here in mm-hmm. in Maryland you right. know nearby i forget what airport yeah. or okay. and this was the this would have been the coolest logo in all of sports really? it really would have been curious unbelievable. to know if they would have been able to keep that name knowing like that we sort of have the well it, it was very unpopular at that time because of the bo- the bombings sure. right, and, you yeah. know it doesn't exactly give a positive connotation when you hear the name itself, but yeah. you understand more yeah. so when but you talk in about football, what. But in football, yeah. you know, throwing the bomb. Yeah, you know. look, I mean, I think that as far as the team names are concerned, the Ravens, it makes all the sense in the world, given, obviously, Edgar Allan Poe. And I enjoy having the 
I mean, I'm, I'm always partial to animal mascots. It's mm-hmm. always nice. And I think there's a unique nature to the, the raven itself, not one that you would have necessarily, uh, it's not a hawk, it's not a falcon, you know what I mean? But it's a bird of prey, and I enjoy I'm a, I'm a bird fan myself, a former, former parrot owner in my previous life with my family. So, no, uh, all things considered, I, I'm not personally offended by the Colts, but as Glenn pointed out when he, quote, tweeted, the um, oh, that's good looking, yeah. It's I mean, I, ca- I can't show it to you, sure. and at the same time, but if you Google it, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Baltimore Bomb, it was a very no, cool it's logo. A nice looking logo. Um, as Glenn quote tweeted when the Colts announced they were introducing these throwback jerseys, it's sort of a how are they not embarrassed by this? Yeah, no, those that are, was the main. That was the main logo. It's sharp, and it was on a pearl helmet. Yeah, I no, mean, it's, it's a sharp really looking. I uh yeah that's a good looking logo. I'm still partial to the Ravens. I will always be a fond of the yeah, Baltimore Ravens I've name. I've ended up and, liking the Ravens yeah, name and the color scheme, all of it. I'm a big fan. But how how are the Colts not embarrassed by what it is that they are doing? Right? Like how can they, with without a, a hint of of irony or whatever, just sort of put forth this face and and this act as though it's it's justified? And I. I think it's a fair question. I think they, they, I think some of the fans in the comments that are Colts fans says, hey, that is Baltimore history. Like, that's not Indianapolis Colts history. Correct. That is not ours to claim. Yeah. And to those people, kudos, right, yeah. for being able to be pragmatic about all of it. Um, but, you know, did, it is what it is. Did I tell on another note, uh, spinning off the Baltimore Colts, you know, Lenny Moore, one of the greatest sure. Colts of all time, did I tell you about the about two – Two weeks ago, I'm listening to Bruce Cunningham's show on 105.7 The Fan on okay. a Saturday afternoon, and a fan calls up, and he says, Bruce, I was just at the neatest event. I went this week to see the Reading Phillies. <laughs> okay. You know, Lenny Moore's from Reading, Pennsylvania. All right. He was – it was Lenny Moore bobblehead night. That's pretty cool. And they brought Lenny Moore up to throw out the first pitch. That's neat. That's very cool. It's a collector's cool. item right there. You yeah. wouldn't think that you might find a baseball. I wonder if I, I can find one of those online. I bet you probably could find one on eBay or something yeah. like that. But no, I mean, yeah, that's it's it's laughable when they do their, you know, they did something similar like a week prior where it was, you know, Twitter accounts try and make content and they'll do like build your your favorite, build your best Colts roster possible. And it's like they have Unitas, they have more, they have Donovan listed up there. And it's like, guys, really? Like, really? We're really doing this right now? But here they are. Here it is. There's a story if you Google it. And let me just see the date of it. It's, oh, God, look at this. Hold on. I guess the, I guess they had a whole... Uh, it's, I'm not going to be able to really show it to you, but they had a whole series of bobbleheads, and Lenny Moore is one of them. I mean, that's cool. That's a very uh, cool thing. Here it is. Wait a minute. I'd rather it be the Redding, f- the Phillies, than the Indianapolis Colts doing it. That's neat. Lenny's the black, yeah, 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 yeah. the blackface. Ah, I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't <laughs> positive. I wasn't positive. And to be fair, he's, in, he's everything's black, not just his face. <laughs> they got they got a Mickey Morandini bobblehead, and I don't know what the woman is. With a Pepsi logo, and then there's Screwball. There's a snowman. And as Screwball well. might might be their mascot. I would imagine. I would, yeah. I would think so. Stan, Redding, do me a favor yes. and tell the fine folks about C3 American Exteriors while I get a Katria smile on. Oh, the line. C3 America. Boy, C3 American Exteriors. I love to talk about them. Uh, 
Call C3 American Exteriors to get roof and siding repairs for the cost of your home insurance deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 at 410-401-9797 or go to their website, which is slightly different than the name of the company. The name of the company is C3 American Exteriors, but the website is c3america.com. And you get a free analysis of your siding and window and roofing needs. Okay? So that's C3 American Exteriors. And they um, are a proud sponsor of the uh, Zooms I do on Mondays and Wednesday nights. And last night we had Terry Hazeltine on. Really good discussion of the 2026. uh, Excuse me. We had him on last night to talk about the five-star event coming to Fair Hills in uh, September. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take our first break as we try to connect with Kadri Ismail. Never mind, we're not going to take a break. He's calling He's right calling now. Uh, the man is unbelievable. Kadri Ismail, our guest. We also will have Melanie Newman on, Oriole broadcaster. And uh, she was the lead broadcaster in um, YouTube, a special event the other night, an all-female baseball broadcast, and also in the last half hour of the show, Kyle Stowers, outfielder of the Baltimore Orioles organization, now currently playing at Bowie. Indeed. Joining us now, a man that we all remember fondly from his time in a Ravens uniform, and now you can catch him every Sunday as the pre- and post-game co-host alongside Mark Viviano for WJZ. He is Ravens great Kadri Ismail, and he joins us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Kadri, it is Kyle and Stan the Fan here in Baltimore. Thank you for taking some time for us this morning, sir. Appreciate you, Stan. Appreciate you, Kyle. Love to talk some shop. Football is right around the corner. How you, how you doing, Kadri? Long time no see. Man, I tell you what, things are well, and I'm enjoying the heat of the summer because when it's hot out, that means that the cream rises up to the top, so hopefully the Ravens will have a nice, productive training camp and get themselves ready and primed for an awesome season. Love the love the work you're doing with Mark on Channel 13. I think he uh, uses you to great advantage, and I uh, love the insights. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. So, Kadri, the Ravens are set to begin training camp in just under a week. The rookies have, of course, already reported and I suppose that's as good a place to start as any given that this rookie class features uh, a couple wide receivers that Ravens fans are anticipating seeing take the field Um, let's start with Rashad Bateman I mean look they spent the 27th overall pick on him you've already heard some some word out of practice at minicamp with Marlon Humphrey talking about how he even beat him on a couple routes and talked a little trash afterwards. What are what are your hopes, expectations, and I guess your overall excitement for seeing Rashad Bateman on the field for the Ravens? I think one thing we recognize there's a difference between training camp, uh, there's a difference between regular season, and there's a difference between playoffs. And each level brings a uh, a, a commitment each level brings another level of pressure and as of now we know that Rashad Braitman has checked off all the boxes done really well in some of the uh, mini camps and the OTAs but now the next step is how can we see him play and adapt to the training camp pressures and then obviously the regular season pressures does he have talent sure everybody has all the talent in the world but 
I'm curious to see what happens as he progresses through training camp and prepares himself for the regular season. Why am I kind of throwing a little bit of uh, caution to the wind? It's not that I don't think he can play. I think he's you know done a great job, put himself in great position. But we've just seen it time and time again where you know we we put so much hype on guys. Mm-hmm. I, I'm 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 of the mindset of I'm out of the predicting. Oh, this guy's going to do X Y Z. But I'm more along the lines of all right, we'll we'll see. Let 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 his play dictate our praise rather than let some sort of uh, Nostradamus look-ahead try to uh, put him in a position of being an all uh, receiver before he stepped on the field. Do you think the Ravens need to go out of their way early on in the season to establish him or Sammy Watkins or even just their passing game in general as a threat or – do you think that sort of is maybe falling victim to getting out of their game and trying to be something that they aren't? Well, I, I think the the mindset has been, um, what do we do best? We run the football. The last uh, three years has been uh, historical for the Ravens, um, for the NFL when it comes to the Ravens, just you know imposing their will and dominating running the football. Uh, but now we're in a position where everybody is kind of like recognizing, okay, this is what you do. And there are going to be some of those teams that are going to struggle with their personnel trying to keep up with what the Ravens do. But there are going to be those upper tier teams that are like, all right, cool. You know what? Um, we we, we got it figured out. Now what we're going to do is, um, you know, make those adjustments. And part of making those adjustments, can you – have a backup plan can you have a plan b when your plan a doesn't work and so whether you know greg roman uh, puts plan b in effect early in the season or not remains to be seen i think there needs to be yeah an establishment of what you do from a running game standpoint because that's what got you to this point of success but at the same time i think that there needs to be yeah some level of uh showing off you know the 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 new passing attack for this Ravens ball club. Let me let me cut to the chase though on the the big question. You've now watched Kadri. Uh, you've now watched Lamar for three seasons. Your two and three quarter seasons. Are you convinced he can throw well enough to pull this off? In other words, let's say they have the weapons there. Is there anything that you've seen in his? abilities to throw the football that says to me it's just never going to happen so i i think there is this undertone um from people that um he's not capable of throwing the ball and i just think that that's such a a misnomer um the guy does amazing with the ball is very accurate um you know with, with with the placement of the ball i think the challenge was that I don't know if the offense was on the same page, you know, as far as throwing it in the outside lanes. And I think anytime, you know, you practice and do what you need to do as far as throwing the ball, uh, obviously in the middle of the field between the numbers and you have success with it, then, you know, your play caller is going to be confident in the way he is calling plays. Mm-hmm and putting Lamar in position. But I think, you know, I've seen it where Lamar has made throw after throw after throw, and it's like, wow, okay, you, that that was a dime. Okay, that was accurate. You, you, um, you know, so 
I, I just think this team is not a, you know, 5,000 yard passing attack right. team. This is a team that's going to run it down your throat. And oh, by the way, we're going to throw it. Now, do they need to be a little bit more colorful and variety of throwing it? Yes. And I think that's where the new coaching staff additions with T. Martin and company will come in to play um, to help out uh, spice up this passing attack. Obviously, Rashad Bateman, as we talked about, will help spice up the passing attack as well. Um, you know, that, that's, that, that's what is going to be needed to, to help Lamar. I think Lamar is totally fine, but I also think that there needs to be help. And I think that um, what Eric Takasa has done in the offseason is, you know, put those guys in position to help um, the progression of, of the passing attack. So you mentioned T. Martin. Uh, obviously, they also hired Keith Williams to what we figure develop and maybe evolve the passing attack. I'm curious, are there legitimate criticisms to be levied against the the way that the Ravens have utilized their wide receivers, the route combinations, the spacing that they use on the football field, and then how confident are you that they are either both aware of those issues but also working to to remedy them? Yeah, so in the offseason, one of the biggest things that guys uh, on good teams do is that they do the self-evaluation. You know, what, what is it that we do well? What is it that we struggle with? Um, and I think what what makes uh, John Harbaugh such a fine coach is that it's not settling for just the status quo. The mm-hmm. fact that he goes out and, you know, adds additions, to his staff really speaks to the level of, yeah, we not only want to fix it, but we want to, we want to be able to master it. Um, we want to put our guys in the best position possible. And so I think that's something that for what I, I see at, that is a positive for this, this team. It's not just, you know, throw a whole bunch of fancy routes out there. Like you're, you're playing Madden football, but it's right. like, all right, what do we do? What do we do? Well, let's do that. Well, both in the passing game as well as uh, the running game. But we make no mistake about it. What are we going to do first? We're going to establish our dominance with running the football. We're talking with Kadri Ishmael, former wide receiver of the Baltimore Ravens, now on uh, game days with uh, Mark Viviano, game days and some other stuff with Mark Viviano over on WJZ. I, I want to move to the defensive side of the football for just a minute. Uh, one thing I'm always interested in is somebody that plays offense talking about defense or somebody that's defensive player talking about offense. Patrick Queen, what did you see his strengths being last year and where does he need to improve? So it's always uh, a tough challenge as a first-year player to you know, get into a complex scheme and and play to utmost of your abilities because you're doing a lot of thinking yeah and i think there were times last year where schematically you know you had a, a great plan in place but unfortunately um the mental execution of it was off and i think as the year got on and this is what made him a special player is the fact that all right i made a mistake why i didn't understand this concept but uh as the year got on, he improved and, and the mistakes lessened and the concepts were mastered. And so to me, I think his mental game um, really vastly improved and therefore he was able to play a lot freer. I'm looking forward to this year to see if he can be more of a playmaker. Yeah. Um, we saw it in, in 
spurts last year, but I'd love to see him, you know, be in that, that playmaking role, you know, because I think that if you look at, you know, Cincinnati, they, they're tooling themselves up, uh, you know, offensively. If you look at obviously Cleveland, you know, everybody's, you know, calling them the, the darlings of the NFL and uh, what Baker Mayfield and the offense does. So, you know, you even go over to Pittsburgh and while Ben Roethlisberger is up there and long in the tooth, I think the one thing that you can see from him is just he, you know, is used to winning, understands what's winning. Um, he's got some young guys. He still has some talent out there. Uh, so you can't sleep on him. And, um, you know, oh, by the way, they, Kevin Colbert, the GM, um, goes out and gets uh, Najee Harris. So, you know, there's going to be some, some opportunities to show that you are a linebacker that is, you know, one of the, you know, linebackers that we will speak of fondly uh, along the lines of, of 52 and the statue that's out of M&T Bank Stadium. So, you know, big shoes to fill, but I'm, 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 I'm very excited to see if he can be that next-level playmaker uh, that we need him to be, especially in the division and, and the teams that we're going to be facing. Um, understanding and keeping on the defensive side of the ball, understanding that the Ravens and Wink Martindale have utilized exotic blitz packages and move a lot of people around the football field, sending pressure from different places to try to confuse the offenses and knowing kind of where they stand depth-wise on the edge. Where is your level of concern as it relates to the Ravens' pass rush? Yeah, you know, depth is always um – been the thing, you know, because you, you rotate guys in and out all the time. And I think for what the Ravens are been known to do historically with regards to free agents and, you know, signing guys late in the year, I don't think that they're done. I think that there's going to be, whether it be from another team releasing a guy or whether it be still a, a free agent out on the street, um, don't have my list in front of me, but you know, I do believe that the Ravens, you know, like who they have in house. However, um, yeah, you you gotta you gotta impress the coaches during the preseason. Otherwise, I think it's it's one of those scenarios where, you know, John's gonna go up to uh, to the office and, and and sit down with Eric and be like, "Yo, I, I need some more. I need some more depth um, at the at the rush end position." Because again, I just went over the AFC North. I mean that that. That's an intensive group when it comes to quarterback play and the talent on the outside. And you better be able to get to the quarterback or it's going to be a long day. And I don't care how good of a secondary you have, you need pressure on the quarterback to succeed in this league. Cadre, the, uh, you mentioned the division we're in. Uh, you know, the flavor of the month is the Cleveland Browns. How good do you think they can be? Do you think it's hype? Or do you think they have a chance to be a pretty special team? You know, I think Kevin Stefanski, um, the way in which he has put together his staff, the way in which, um, you know, he, his coaching style, uh, guys have bought in. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's about, you know, a, a culture mindset, you know, and using that term that everyone likes to use, but it's, it's such a, a – uh, perfect term to describe what bad football looks like and what good football looks like. Obviously we've seen it in our division, you know, with two teams, the Ravens and the Steelers historically, we've seen it in the AFC 
Uh, overall, obviously, up in New England and, and the consistency that they have put forth. So, you know, I think, uh, yeah, he, he has recognized what is good, what are, what, are, what are good practice habits, what are, you know, good practices as far as preparing his team and his staff, you know, for a strong level of success. And, you know, I think for Kevin, you know, the sky is the limit except for two weeks out of the year. <laughs> that's when they play Baltimore. Well, but I, I do like what I see over there in Cleveland. One, it, it's good It's good for the division yep. to have, you know, Cleveland be relevant. It's, it's, it's good for, you know, um, the way in which um, the NFL and, and the fan base, because they are a passionate fan base, um, you know, they're a little misguided at times with the whole Art Modell thing. No question. But I do it. believe that overall, you know, it's good to see that Baker Mayfield and company, you know, are, are putting this team on the map and, and being relevant. I mean, you saw the kind of numbers Baker was putting up last year, and that was without Odell Beckham for most of not, you know, like 85, 90 percent of the season. I mean, how good can that offense be? Yeah, you know, I think what they do too, and people don't recognize, but they got a, a, a Kareem Hunt and um, Nick Chubb. I mean, you talk about one-two punch. I mean, I I, I love me some yeah. J.K. Dobbins. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but yeah. man, you know, them, them dudes over in Cleveland, that's they a run nice, the ball too. That's a nice tandem. Yep. Uh, last yeah, one that, for that, you. That's that's what it is. Uh, last one I got for you, Kadri, and always appreciate you taking the time for us, man. Um, or I mean, in the, the Orioles, the Ravens obviously no longer have Orlando Brown at right tackle. We saw them bring in uh, Anthony Villanueva. They also still have Tyree Phillips. Um, but you know, given what we saw from the struggles on the Steelers' offensive line last year, where is your confidence level that the offensive line for the Baltimore Ravens will be business as usual this season? Well, they also did a great job of, of, of drafting Ben Cleveland, who I think is uh, mini-me in the form of uh, Marshall Yonda. <laughs> so, you know, goodness gracious, I, I'm, I'm liking it. You know, I think Villanueva, I think he is motivated. I think Tyree Phillips is motivated. Um, you know, Bozeman, he's like, yeah, I'm back where I need to be, which is that center. Um, the offensive line wasn't necessarily bad so much as they were bad at the wrong time. Um, they were bad at the wrong time in New England. They were bad at the wrong time against Buffalo in the playoffs. You know, uh, you can't have but, you can't have snaps like that. <laughs> I mean, it's just unbelievable. What, what exactly. I, I mean, that's yeah. that's football one hundred and one. Yep. You know, it, I'm watching them, and it's like, wow, what, what's what's going on? This is like Keystone Cops. So, you know, I think that's where when you look at you know this this offensive line, I think that they're they're going to surprise some people. And I think as much as, you know, we want to hype up uh, the, the receiving core, which I think is deserving so far until we see otherwise. Um, but I really believe the offensive line is going to be the, uh, the, the MVP, the position MVP, um, as this team takes the necessary next steps. I know I said that was the last one for you, but I got to ask you while you have you, because I know, I know that you've been critical in the past of Hollywood Brown, um, and there's a lot of expectations. It has been throughout the course of his career, and for what it's worth, he has played very well at times. But how much do you think it will help Hollywood to maybe not have to be on the outside all the time this season? Yeah, I think matchups um, in this league is, is what helps teams be successful and helps receivers in particular be uh, 
special. And I think for you know Hollywood, it, it's not about carrying the main load. It's about you know creating mismatches um, because you have others around you that that you can you know utilize and take advantage of their skill sets while you have an explosive guy, whether it be on the outside or whether it be on you know out of the slot or in motion, whatever it might be. But you know I think um, again with T. Martin and Williams and the way in which the mindset of the passing attack is going to evolve for the better, I think that's where Hollywood, you know, if he if he can take advantage of it, you know, I think Marquise is going to have a, a, a great year. He is Kadri Ismail, former Ravens wide receiver. You can catch him every Sunday as the pre- and post-game co-host alongside Mark Viviano on WJZ. Kadri, uh, want to talk about the uh, training that you're doing over there and all the work that you're doing to help young athletes? Yeah, I'm up here in Hartford County, 30 minutes north of Baltimore. Um, literally, it's missile training. It's uh, training that I believe in wholeheartedly. I utilize the GOTA systems, which is standing for greatest of all time actions by the greatest of all time athletes. I recognize that there's a smoother, better, more elastic strength way to move to give an athlete a person, uh, whether you're a working person or whether you're an athlete aspiring to take your game to the next level, whatever that level might be, high school through college, um, even in the pros. Uh, but, yeah, give you an opportunity to recognize what proper movement is and how to be strong through that movement. Do a lot of uh, good stuff up here and a lot of educating the athlete or the person to empower them to be better. Awesome, man. And you can be followed on Twitter at I am Kadri Ismail. Are you on Instagram? Anyone who can give you a follow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kadri Ismail 87 over on Instagram. And yes, absolutely DM me either Twitter or on Instagram. And let's set something up. It'll be great. Awesome, man. Hey, always appreciate you taking the time for us. Look forward to catching up soon, right? Thanks, fellas. Appreciate you. There he goes, Kadri Ismail, Ravens great, lending a little bit of uh, information and advice as to how the Ravens can capitalize on the good, roster that they've built. Dude. One good of the best, dude, yeah. truly one of the best. Always enjoy the conversations with Kadri Ismail. He has plenty to offer in the way of wisdom, both from his experience and from his analysis. Um, we are going to take our first break. Uh, today's show is also brought to you by Glory Days Grill. And Glory Days Grill popular summer seasonal menu is back with favorites like their very berry salad and smoky thigh wings featuring the all-new shrimp po' boy, crispy fried shrimp on a freshly baked sub roll with lettuce, tomato, and a house-made spicy remoulade. Other delicious items include a 12-ounce New York strip steak, barbecue chicken bowl, barbecue ribs, and of course the smoky thigh wings platter, as well as zucchini fries and a key lime pie. All of these meals pair well with the Sam Adams Summer Ale or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. Always appreciate the support from Glory Days Grill. Make sure to make your trip out there soon. Uh, today's show is also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center and ask for Mobile One. It's Glenn Clark Radio. We will be right back. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at sportssocialmd.com. That's 
That's SportsSocialMD.com. Here it watch out. Oh, oh, for the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. Hey everybody, this is Chris Ruling from Great Eights Memorabilia, and we want to invite you out to Jimmy's Famous Seafood on Sunday, July 25th. We will be there for the Casey Cares Return to Training Camp Crab Feast with Baltimore Raven linebacker Ty Bowser. Tickets are on sale now at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's Great, the number eight, letter S, Memorabilia.com. And remember, you always have a chance to be great. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you window nation the perfect fit the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover thomas kenzora profiles university of maryland quarterback talia tongavailoa and his chance to deliver the terps to big 10 prominence this year also inside bo smolka breaks down the ravens offensive line a look at coppin state's olympic connection and much more press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. We are back, Glenn Clark Radio, from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio here at PressBox. Today's show is also brought to you by the Stand the Fan Shows at PressBoxOnline.com slash PressBox or Facebook.com slash PressBox. Facebook. Facebook.com slash PressBox. Sports. There are two. I know, right? Two shows a week, Mondays and Wednesdays. On Mondays, Stan and former Orioles pitcher Ross Grimsley visit with a different guest from the world of baseball. This past Monday, Norfolk Tides manager Gary Kendall 
joined the show. And every Wednesday night, Stan and Gary Stein chat with a different newsmaker from the world of sports. Last night, they were joined by Executive Director of Maryland Sports, Terry Hasseltine. As I mentioned, both shows are live at Facebook.com slash Sports and available the next day at PressBoxOnline.com. Stan's weekly shows are brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Find them at C3America.com. Some messages from listeners throughout the course of the morning so far. John from Little Rock says, I'm all for a Chick-fil-A 50-piece, but we got to talk about the half-sprite, half-lemonade, no-ice deal. That's wild. Got to go light ice, but the ice there is fire. People do love the ice from Chick-fil-A. It's like they're little little circles. I don't even know. I'm not an ice connoisseur myself, but they are fond of the Chick-fil-A ice. I do know that to be true, but I do respect Giannis taking the volume approach as uh, oftentimes people will order drinks with ice and receive uh, nearly half the amount of liquid in their cup. Now, I'm just curious. You yeah. said that was from somebody in, what's his name? John, John from Little, Little Rock, Rock. One of our Little P1, Rock Arkansas. Arkansas. Indeed. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, he also said, thanks for having Melanie Newman on, uh, love the work she's doing for the O's and for empowering women in the field. Indeed, excited to chat with her in about 10 minutes about that broadcast on Tuesday night. And he also added that the real bad guy is the commissioner back in 1984 by allowing the Ursays to move and keep the name, likeness, and records. This should never have been allowed. I think that's fair. I would say that's reasonable. It's not as if the Raven or the Ravens existed or there was a team in Baltimore to hold that record and legacy at the time. Of course, it was 13 years until the Ravens came to town. But the sentiment rings true, I would say, and I think most yeah. people do have their ire toward the Ursays more than they do, you know, Indianapolis for good reason. Yeah, and and Indianapolis had a built-in name. You know, the Racers, you know, could have been a cool sports name, sure. uh, football name. Sure. You know, I would agree with that, but I'm over it now. Yeah, I tend to. Look, I, I understand the, the people being upset, but I do think that they would also say that, sure, we are upset, but we're pretty happy with the team that we've got here right now. Uh, Paul from Ovi Lando asked Kyle and Stan out of Justin Houston, Todd Gurley, and Malik Hooker. Which one do you see as the most likely signing, and which ones would you like to see happen? He says... Who was the first one? Uh, that would be Justin Houston, Justin. the edge rusher, former Chiefs edge rusher. He said, would think at this point you could maybe get Hooker on a one-year deal that's team-friendly would be a nice third safety option. Um, I would say, in my opinion, the most likely of those three would be Justin Houston. I think that he's also probably the one that would have the most suitors and so it's 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 possible the Ravens would not want to pay what might be necessary to get him but I do think that we saw that the Ravens were among his top two choices and they've been loosely connected throughout the offseason as for Todd Gurley yeah what do you think I I was struck by that that they're they've actually had some interest in well they brought him in for a little bit of a visit and they didn't sign him after the fact that would indicate they weren't pressed on having him as a part of the whole deal and now that now that the Rams lost Cam Akers, there's been speculation that he they could, could maybe bring back, Gurley yeah. back into the fold. But uh, look, we are Todd Gurley, despite being only like 25 or 26, 26 or 27 years old, whatever it may be, is is nowhere. He's a shell of the player he once was yeah. due to the knee injuries. So 
it would be nothing more than depth, and I would tend to think that if the Ravens were going to be bringing in another running back or if they were to keep Justice Hill on the roster, that whoever it is is that third running back is going to have to provide special teams value. Uh, knowing what we know of John Harbaugh and company, yeah. they truly do value that versatility, and I don't think Todd Gurley is going to be taking the field in a special teams capacity. I would agree. And that's even aside from the point that I think it's not even all that crazy to think that the Ravens are clearly a better football team when the bulk of the carries are going to Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins. So I would say that the Gurley one, not all that likely. The Hooker one's interesting, but I do think that they just have so much depth in the secondary right now that it would be somewhat surprising to see them add to it. Do you see Gurley signing somewhere before the season starts? See, I, I like the fact you've been in touch with him right. in case there's an early sure. season injury and all of a sudden you go, hey, we had these talks with yeah. Todd Gurley. You He'll know, finish. I think a lot of that comes down to where the player is. Yeah. Um, if he feels as though he wants to sign sooner than later, and I'm sure that he would have opportunities and invites to come to camp and try out. But it wouldn't surprise me if he did decide to wait to for wait. injury and for play a less roster games, spot. Play less right. games at this point. Not have to go through the rigors of training camp yeah. and all of that. You know, so... If I had to rank the three in terms of likelihood, Houston I would... Houston first. Houston first, I would say, because, look, the depth there for the Ravens, it's no secret that's an issue. It's not something that you would say you're confident in with the players currently on the roster, whether you're talking about O.A. or Jalen Ferguson. You would think they would be suited to add a veteran presence there. Now, again, how many teams are, are courting him? Uh, will he have options? I don't know. Question about Houston. They already have Ben Cleveland. Sure. Sure. Are there, is there a possibility they could get all the players that are on their schedule? Interesting. You know, Interesting. Justin Houston. I hadn't thought about that. You Phil know. Pittsburgh. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Ben Cincinnati, of course, yeah. one of the more popular players. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that will be a factor in how they make their decisions, but it can't hurt. You know, you want to get all the cities covered. Now, Houston would be my guy as far as those three. Um, Hooker is an interesting player because of his coverage ability, and he's known to be a rangy sort of center field type as far as safeties are concerned, and neither Deshaun Elliott nor Chuck Clark are necessarily the center field guys that you would put back there. So you could make an argument for something like that, and of course there's no such thing as too many cover guys in the NFL right now. All kidding aside, who do you think our biggest competitors would be for Houston? Um, I think Have you I remember, read any much I remember him saying that his top two teams were, I think, the Chiefs and the Ravens. Okay. Um, now, again, I, I don't, I can't speak on the Chiefs' depth at the position the same way that I can. I know that Frank Clark will not be probably playing football this year due to the whole having a Uzi in his car that was unregistered. Um, so it's possible that they will be interested and, and we'll be picking up the phone and seeing if he's interested in returning. But he's still lingered around. Of course, Melvin Ingram, who is the other of the more commonly brought up names as far as the veteran free agent Ed rushers on the market, recently signed with the Steelers for $4 million. Um, so he's off the market, leaving pretty much Houston and Houston alone as far as that veteran presence. Um, you would think if he's going to sign somewhere, it's going to be with a competitor. At this point in his career, he's probably looking for the opportunity to return to a Super Bowl and maybe you know add another ring to his collection. So the Ravens, 
are, are normally one of the usual suspects when it comes to that possibility. It does make sense. It does make sense. As I believe it was Bo Smolka who said earlier in the week, it, it could be the sort of wait-and-see approach from yeah. Baltimore and try and get a sense of exactly what they do have on their roster currently because you know if you don't have to spend the money and you have guys on your team already who you feel can be contributors in that regard, then there's no necessarily, like, it's not a need to go out of your way early and get it done. But should he linger on the market, and should the Ravens see that, whether it be Owe or Ferguson, aren't necessarily ready to take on a serious role as far as snaps are concerned, then it would make a lot of sense for them to bring Justin Houston in yeah. and, and let him get after the quarterback a little bit in Baltimore. But again, the... We do know that Wink Martindale likes to bring pressure from all over the field, and it could also just be a, a thing where they're not overly concerned about having that guy on the edge, whether it's because of the different blitzes, whether it's because they're very confident in Justin Matabuike taking the next step and mm -hmm. being an interior pass rusher, and they think they've just got enough depth on the defensive line. Who knows? Um, but... It's interesting to see exactly how that all shakes out. I would, I would, ra I would rank it Houston, Hooker, Gurley, personally. Um, maybe we find out that they, they really are interested in bringing another running back in, and if so, then maybe Gurley jumps Hooker. But I'd say Houston is the clear-cut number one of those three. All right. We are moving right along here on the Glenn Clark Radio Show. Today's... Show in the first hour has also been brought to you by Window Nation. And right now, you can get 50% off all styles of windows. Plus, put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. I'll say that again. No money down, no payments, no interest, 50% off all windows. You're not paying anything for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Let, let me be clear about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You're paying nothing for 24 months? Two whole years, Stan. Two whole years off of your 50% off windows. Wow. Sounds like a decent deal to me. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Again, that's 866-90-NATION or windownation.com. Window Nation, the perfect fit. We're going to take our second break. On the other side, Orioles play-by-play, -play, sideline analyst, YouTube TV. She wears many hats. Melanie Newman will join us to talk about the historic broadcast from this past Tuesday on YouTube TV. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio here at PressBox. Glory Days Grill's popular summer seasonal menu is back with favorites like their Very Berry Salad and Smoky Thigh Wings. It also features the all-new shrimp po'boy, crispy fried shrimp on a freshly baked sub roll with lettuce, tomato, and a house-made spicy remoulade. Other delicious items include a 12-ounce New York strip steak, the barbecue chicken bowl, barbecue ribs, and smoky thigh wings combo platter, zucchini fries, and a key lime pie. All of these meals pair well with Sam Adams Summer Ale or their anniversary IPA brewed by Devil's Backbone. Glory Days Grill is hiring all positions. Want to work for a great family-oriented company known for their commitment to the community? Stop into one of their restaurants and speak with a manager. Management opportunities are available. The Olympics start soon. Stop in and watch the games at Glory Days Grill. Every child who dines at one of their restaurants during the Olympic Games will receive a gold medal. Find out more by going to glorydaysgrill.com. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and side 
underwriting specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash the bat around or at Facebook.com slash Sports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports it takes time to get rich flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of colombia and brazil to royal farms but less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world because royal farms new swiss made coffee machines grind those rich flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time it's why royal farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world real fresh real fast royal farms Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. This is GlennClarkRadio.com. Nothing but net. And we are back. Glenn Clark Radio as we start the 11 a.m. hour here from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio at Pressbox. I'm, I'm amazed at uh, how you multitask like this. Yeah? I'm, I'm really... Well, I do appreciate a real that. appreciation for what you do here. I genuinely appreciate that, Stan. Yeah. But now I'm looking. You're, you're looking, looking at, at yourself. Waiting for Melanie Newman to join oh. us here on Zoom. Today's show is also brought to you by Grade 8's memorabilia coming up Sunday, this Sunday, July 25th. That's a big day. Sean. It is indeed. Celebrate the return to training camp with a crab feast featuring Baltimore edge rusher Tyus Bowser at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. Your $108 VIP ticket gets you the crab feast with Maryland steamed crabs, a buffet of Jimmy's Seafood favorites, an open bar, and your VIP meet and greet and autograph opportunity with Tyus Bowser. The event benefits Casey Cares and cannot be missed. So get your tickets now by going to great8smemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, great8smemorabilia.com. And joining us right now, you can find her on Masson for the Orioles games, but I think even more importantly, you saw her on Tuesday night on YouTube TV for a historic broadcast featuring the first all-female broadcast team. She is Melanie Newman, and she joins us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Melanie, it's Kyle Ottenheimer and Stan the Fan here in Baltimore. Thank you so much for taking some time for us this morning. Absolutely, guys. How are we doing? 
Doing well, doing well. Uh, first and foremost, congratulations on what I'm sure had to have been a thrilling night to be a part of. It was yeah, really have you cool. Come down, have you come down from the clouds yet, Melanie? Um, well, I haven't really gotten to be up in the clouds, Stan, because we had to go <laughs> straight from that game to game three, and I'm actually on the way to a girls' tournament in Aberdeen right now. Uh-huh. So That's not bad. Uh-huh. Uh, it was really cool to see, um, not only you know for the historic nature of it, but it was a genuinely good broadcast. You guys did a great job, I think, giving some really good information, not just about what on the field, but with some StatCast stuff as well. Like, Walk me through how this all came together. When did you know that this was going to be the historic broadcast that it was? Um, I mean, I don't think we had put it quite fully in scope yet that it would reach that level of a historic occasion. I had done a previous game for um, MLB on YouTube's Game of the Week. It was the Rangers and Oakland Athletics uh, in late June. And we had discussed having me back for another game and that hopefully it would be an Orioles matchup in itself so that it would be, you know, a little more within uh, what I was already doing through the season. And so when we came back that there would be a game, they said, hey, this is the crew that we're looking at. You know, we just wanted your thoughts. If there's anybody you would think that would be a great addition as well, let us know. And I looked at the names and they were all women and um, they hadn't told me that. That kind of took a moment for me to register on my own in the back of my head that it was only women. Um, and then obviously the news broke and uh, it's, it's just been really incredible to see since then. I mean, that was, I mean, I think probably one of the cooler things personally that I saw about it all was the behind the scenes clip or the dugout video between Kelvin Gutierrez and Anthony Santander, where Anthony Santander mentioned, well, women are smarter than men anyway. It's long overdue that something like this would happen. Um, What did that little clip do to sort of, I guess, make the moment even more special and kind of remind you of of what it is that you guys really did accomplish, you girls, excuse me, did accomplish? I mean, yeah, we didn't even know that, you know, that clip had obviously gone on until we started showing several of them at the end of the broadcast. And to see it from your own players um, is a really gratifying feeling that I can't even begin to explain, not because you want the recognition, but because having that moment between an athlete and the people who cover them, um, it, it just kind of shows you that, you know, they, they do regard the job that we do and, and how big that moment can be. And it takes me back to my days in the Texas system. And we had uh, Elvis Andrews on a rehab assignment. So we were doing some fun digital stuff with him. And he finally said, hey, you know, I read some articles about what you've been doing and I just think it's great. And it takes you a step back because that's not their job to pay attention to us. It's the other way around. Um, so to, to know that they were aware of the situation and I know that Alana had said as well that a lot of people on the field were congratulating her throughout the day. Um, that's just really neat. Uh, Melanie, um, the, you and I chatted one night about two weeks ago, leaving the ballpark and it, it hadn't hit me. You were hired for the 2020 season, you know, and you're excited about coming to the big leagues as a broadcaster, and you have yet to really announce a game under normal circumstances, the way that that broadcasters have been doing for, you know, 50, 70 years. Can you talk a little bit about that, about how how sort of jarring it's been to not really be in your total comfort zone? Yeah, um, it's not ideal, to say the least. And obviously, it's situations that are outside of anybody's control. But um, 
I had the one spring training game before everything got shut down. And even that wasn't fully normal. I was battling some really bad allergies at that time. And uh, the very first inning that I took over on air, we had Eve Rosenbaum on. So then I was trying to juggle, okay, don't mess this up. It's your first <laughs> inning. And make sure that you're treating your guests with respect and you're, you're getting good questions for her as well. And then the next game I was supposed to have was the day that everything came to a halt. Um, so it does, it makes you, I guess, for lack of a better word, homesick because being in the minors and having such an intimate experience with how deeply ingrained you are into the day-to-day operations because you're doing so much and being on the bus and, and being down on the field for batting practice. Um, and, and to go to the stark opposite of that, which is dealing with sports in a pandemic Um, it's a little tough at times and you have to have a really good support system around you that just reminds you that you're doing the most that you possibly can. Um, but yeah, you just, you keep moving forward and looking to when we can have normal baseball again. So, so tell us a little bit about where you came, where, where this love of baseball came from Melanie Newman, that you would go through what you've had to go through and, uh, without digging too deep into that right now. Uh, but what you've had to go through, you must have a tremendous passion for this game. Yeah, I was really fortunate. Um, I grew up in Atlanta, and, and baseball is a, a way of life there. It's, it's not really a sport. It's something people do year-round. We had the East Cobb Complex and the Perfect Game Complex. Um, so every, everybody played. And I grew up around a lot of guys and – that was what everybody gravitated to. And you couldn't blame them when you saw the Braves at that time and, and how powerful they were. Yeah. And they were going to the postseason every year, which was funny because I grew up a Red Sox fan. So I couldn't really care that the Braves were as good as they were. Um, but you still appreciated it. And it was embedded into your culture. Um, and, and my parents supported it. You know, we were at a lot of the Olympic events in 96. We grew up in the heart of. Uh, Southeastern Conference football and so we were at games in the fall every Saturday and then when baseball rolled back around they they took us out to as many as we could and um, it was just really a natural progression I did not have an athletic ability but I always wanted to know more about every sporting event that they took us to and it just kind of fed into itself. Um, Talk a little bit about look obviously it's no secret what the Orioles are going through right now in the midst of a rebuild but I think that one of the maybe more exciting aspects of that are the human stories that come from it how how much different is it when you get to cover a team that does have so many players you know achieving their dreams like instances like Spencer Watkins where he's been in the minors for what seems like an eternity only to come up and and have such success what does that do for a broadcaster and how exciting is it to kind of tell those stories I don't know what it does for other broadcasters I don't I don't want to speak for them but for me um, that's the stuff that's up my alley and the cool thing about it is that every every athlete does have a story you just have to find it but there's the ones like spencer watkins which by the way is very similar to john means um that are that are just so on brand and so so cool to get to tell because i don't think people fully understand what it takes to to sacrifice yourself to stay in the minors and to survive there and uh he did it and and so to bring that to light and i think for people to appreciate the struggle 
that um, baseball players go through just to get to that limelight, that they don't make a lot of money, that they have long bus rides. That's, that's all you could ask for is just to show that human element um, of, of the fact that they are like us. You know, the other night, one of the moments, it was just a, a moment, your interview with Rich Hill, at the very mm-hmm. end of it, he, he started to just say goodbye, and then he sort of said, hey, congratulations to you guys, you know. Uh, I thought that, was, that showed something about Rich Hill's character. You know, it was really cool. And, and speaking of stories, Rich Hill, if people have not looked up what he has gone through, um, he's Ter- got a terrible story. I mean, a tragic story. Yeah, absolutely. But he provides so much to any team he's a part of. And I think when you have a veteran like that, they can appreciate the scope outside of baseball just being the game. Um, so yeah, for him to stop and say that it's, it's on brand with Kelvin Gutierrez, who's brand new to the Orioles, the same thing of recognizing that moment. Um, but again, it just goes back to having athletes who don't owe us anything at all, but showing that they see the moment and they recognize what we've been doing as well. Um, it's just, it's really cool. So Tell us a little bit about who who have who has served as a, a mentor for you in terms of broadcasting, be it a male or a female. I mean, there's so many that I that I could go through, I, and it, we would probably be here all day. But off of the top, um, Bob Rathbun is one of the first. He called for the Hawks, um, and he was with the Braves for a little bit mm-hmm. as well. I mean, he's he's done everything. Um, Tim Brando has also been, we've gotten to know each other over the last couple of years and he's been huge. Steve Berthume and his wife, Cindy Brunson, when I started my professional baseball career in the Diamondbacks affiliation system, we got to know them really well. And, uh, there's still people that I talk to all the time. And then of course, like Barry McKnight and, and a bunch of guys back at Troy university, Ricky Hazel was my first sports information department boss. Um, they always went the extra step to make sure that we felt welcomed and, and that we were able to learn from them and, and take advantage of opportunities. Um, there it's, and that's the cool thing is it's people on both sides. It's not just a woman. It's not just a man. I mean, and and I'd be remiss to not mention Susan Waldman either, because, you know, when I, when I've needed somebody to tell me to suck it up a little bit, or I need somebody to tell me that I I'm right for feeling the way that I am or what I'm going through is something she's gone through. Um, it's, it, it's such a village of people in this industry who get it, who keep you moving forward, but who also make you better and take the time out to really help you improve your craft. Was there anybody that you had when you were younger? Obviously, like baseball is a male-dominated sports or a male-dominated industry. What you guys did on Tuesday night had to have been so big for just representation for young girls across the country to be able to see people like themselves doing something that maybe they never imagined they could do. Was there anybody that you had when you were younger to look up to like that? And then what does it mean to you to now kind of blow those doors open for people now? Well, I grew up thinking I would be a veterinarian and then Mm -hmm. I, I transitioned gears from that and thought that I would be a teacher. Um, so it wasn't until I got into college that I had really had my gears shifted from print journalism into broadcast journalism. So I I didn't necessarily grow up seeing anybody and thinking, oh, I could do that. But maybe that also speaks to the fact that there just weren't women at that point that girls could see right out in front in the open in front of you to to even think about that career industry as a possibility. Um, Because I still remember when they suggested 
I switched from print to broadcast, I thought, well, I don't want to be a sideline reporter because that, that was the only question in your head at that point was that that's the only available option to go to as a female, if you're not going to be at a news station at a desk. And, um, it's really cool now to see just how much that's changed. And really, honestly, the most gratifying part of all of this is getting the messages from parents and from younger girls and even younger boys as well, that, you know, their minds have been opened up to things and, and that realization of I can do that too. And that's where we should really be as a society overall is, is really not qualifying someone's ability to do a job mm-hmm. on their race or their gender. I mean, it, it just, it has no bearing. Melanie, uh, the issue of sexual harassment, uh, it's become it's become quite evident that it's rampant in the world of sports. Uh, and I'm not going to deign to ask you what you've personally battled, but when you hear stories like the Mickey Calloway story, the Jared Porter story, uh, what what do you feel? How do you feel about that? It's, it's not even a baseball thing. It's, it's a human society thing. And it's one step of people just have to be better. Um, if somebody says no, it means no. And if people work together and around each other and there's an attraction on one end and it's not mutual, that's the end of the line. And, um, it just, it, it just comes down to needing to have more respect for each other, honestly. Um, I, I, it's such a complicated topic that Mm -hmm. really would take a long time to fully flesh out. But I mean, I get it. I have been there and there are stories that I'm not going to tell yet, but maybe one day. Um, but you just, you just want people first and foremost, they, they owe due process. I mean, you, you have to do that for everybody in society, but at the same time, give a platform for women where if they do speak up and men who have been through something, if they do speak up that, they're actually heard and it's not swept under the rug. And then you can formally go into that due process because that's how a lot of this has been mishandled is that when they did speak up, they were completely ignored for yep. years um, until it, it escalates to, to a situation we're in now. Speaking of women, uh, one woman who's doing a terrific job writing for The Athletic is Brittany Giroli. And she's she's been at the center of a couple of these stories. When I say center, she's written the stories about these uh, harassment cases. Go Speaking ahead, with uh, Melanie Newman, of course, of Mass and Sports with the Baltimore Orioles, and uh, I got to know, Melanie, is there anything from Tuesday night that you kept as a memento to sort of commemorate the moment and to have to look back on to sort of remind yourself about how historic it was? Oh, so that's the tough part is we were in the studios in New Jersey for MLB Network, and, um, you know, we didn't get to be on the field and, and pick up a ball or anything like that, so for now it's pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully there's something along the way we're able to think of to, to have all five of us included on and to take home. But the, the photos and, and the memories of it are a really, really cool thing to look back on. Of course, the five of you were Lauren Gartner, Sarah Langs, Melanie Newman, of course, Heidi Watney and Alana Rizzo were the historic broadcast team for YouTube TV on Tuesday night. Melanie, once again, congratulations. Um, and keep pioneering on. I'm You're sure doing it was a, good job, a thrill and it, it truly was awesome to get a chance to watch and have the Orioles be a part of something like that. And uh, I look forward to hearing you call many games in the future for not just YouTube TV, but wherever it is, you may be on the call. And uh, thank you so much for taking some time for us this morning. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Take care, Melanie. There she goes. Melanie Newman from Masson Sports, uh, pioneer and somebody who 
has clearly, I would say, uh, opened eyes as far as what the possibilities just might be for careers in baseball, in sports, and in general. And it's uh, an well, important I, thing I, that they I do. I want to say something because I have a lot of guys sure. come to me and say, oh, this Melanie Newman, have you heard her? She did this or did, did that. Remember, it's not just a it's not just a gender thing. It's an experience thing. Mm-hmm. You know, Joe Angel, when he was Melanie's age, wasn't the finished product that Joe Angel became. No. Or John Miller. Well, John Miller was, like, different. He was fantastic sure. when he was 23 years old. Uh, but, you know, I again, I just urge you to listen to her. And it's, it's part for a man. It's hard to accept that women are in these roles. Well, there's a lot of, I mean, latent... I would say sexism, jealousy, whatever you want to call it. Um, But I thought she did a tremendous job on YouTube TV on Tuesday night, and I truly do uh, look forward to hearing her call more games in the future because she's a a really lovely person. There's no doubt about it. I really appreciate her taking the time to kind of talk about the experience and what it meant to not just her but the rest of the people on the crew there. And it is a shame that they weren't able to be at the ballpark physically, and I know that hopefully uh, that will be a thing of the past as we – we hope to be moving forward out of the pandemic, despite there being certain variants and problems that appear yeah. to be on the horizon. But, you know, cool story um, and an inspiring one for so many people in this country to be able to to see women in that role yeah. and, and thriving in that role. So thank you again to Melanie for taking the time for us this morning. We are moving right along here on Glenn Clark Radio. Today's show is also brought to you by the Pressbox print edition, and the latest edition of Pressbox is available now. On the cover, Thomas Kenzora profiles University of Maryland quarterback Tolia Tonga-Vailoa and his chance to deliver the Terps to Big Ten prominence this year. Also inside, Bo Smolka breaks down the Ravens' offensive line. We meet the area's Olympic athletes and more. Pressbox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Kyle Ottenheimer, Stan the Fan from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. We will be right back. On the other side, we are going to catch up with Bowie Bay Sox outfielder Kyle Stowers as he has started off at a torrid pace after getting called up from Aberdeen. Excited to chat with him. It's Glenn Clark Radio. We'll be right back. Here it Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401 
888-789-7797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. The perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at SportsSocialMD.com. That's SportsSocialMD.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, The champ, Drew. Drew McIntyre. Oh, thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le champion. Chris Jericho. Le champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com. Flash Radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. GlennClarkRadio.com. And we are back. Kyle Ottenheimer, Stan the Fan. Charles on Glenn Clark Radio here. Today's show is also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center and ask for Mobile One. John from Little Rock, or John in Little Rock. It's an important distinction, as I apologize for implying that John is from Little Rock and not in Little Rock. He's from Baltimore, which explains his But he's his in fandom. Little Rock, or Little Rock, Arkansas. He is in Little Rock, as he always posts what appear to be delicious-looking food pictures mm-hmm. from the South. Uh, nice barbecue, whatever it is, pizza. It's one of the more, you know, he, he always finds a way to make me hungry throughout the course of the day, so appreciate his engagement as well. He also brought up and said... He thinks Gurley is done. As the Rams already lost Acres, there's no way they are signing him. A team is going to be real desperate to sign him. And uh, look, I don't know that I wholly disagree. I mean, he's still a name, right? Fans know the name Todd Gurley. So if you're looking to drum up a little bit of uh, interest or excitement in your fan base purely off of name value, then Todd Gurley might do that. But I, I would say that it's probably uh, generous to say he's 70% 
of what he was when yeah. he was a rookie blowing the doors off the league early on with the Rams and as one of the best running backs in football. I, I think he will play football this year somewhere. I tend to think he will also. Yeah. I mean, injuries happen, right? Like, it's inevitable that guys go down. You've seen it already when it's only, you know, mini camp and training camp that the, the S happens, right? You're never going to have that go perfect. So, with that said, though, I mean, running back is probably the, the position that's most suited for finding production in unknown places. Um, it's certainly not the glamour position it was years no, ago. No, yeah. there's been a shift in the league a, away from bell cow, workhorse runners, and more toward the committee approach as the league itself has transitioned away from run-heavy and run-oriented offenses. The Ravens and Titans are probably two of the last ones in the league that are, yeah. that are still probably at least 50% or more of the time running the football. And interesting to see how the Titans change with the addition of Julio Jones. I think that makes them a far more intriguing offense, but I imagine Derrick Henry will still get his 300-plus carries, as that is more and more a rarity in today's NFL. Um, I still wonder about how the Ravens running back shakes out. I mean, they, they, they say they want to get J.K. Dobbins more involved in the passing game this year. We saw Gus Edwards do a little bit more out of the backfield catching passes, but Dobbins, for what it's worth, still has a lot to work on in pass protection. And so is there opportunity in the Ravens' backfield, whether it be Justice Hill or somebody that we don't even know about, I an still, undrafted rookie? Yeah, but I still think just there's something there I like about Justice Hill. He's... Yeah. Intriguing, but he is yet to really, you know, assert yeah. himself as being, you know, a guy that they want on the football field often. Right now, get 50% off all styles of windows, plus put no money down. That's right. Make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them. Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. And joining us right now is a outfielder in the Baltimore Orioles organization who coming, recently coming fast. He is who recently got the call from Aberdeen to Bowie. He is Kyle Stowers, and he joins us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Kyle, uh, I'm not really sure if you understand how this is supposed to work. Normally, when you get called up. To a different level, it's supposed to be more difficult. Uh, can you explain why you are a better hitter at Bowie than you were at Aberdeen? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think a big part of it, it has been um, uh, just the, the advanced competition has forced me uh, to, I think, make adjustments really quickly. I think within three or four games, I just noticed some some inefficiencies in my approach, and and then also just in a um, kind of areas that could improve in my mindset. Um, you know, I think with the coaching staff here emphasizing um, some resilience. And I think that's kind of the, something that I've really focused on in my time here, and I think that's uh, really helped me. Um, and, I, you know, if I have a couple bad at-bats early in the game, I don't allow it to, to waver my confidence as I, as I go on throughout my next, my next at-bat. Kyle, do you have uh, – and I know you're, you're busy being Kyle Stowers – but do you have a player that you would sort of say that I'm comparable to? Uh, I think it's it's tough. I mean, I've, I've heard a few, you know, people say a few different ones um, as I was, you know, going through high school and college. And I think someone that I've 
kind of looked at a little bit um, just by the fr- uh, body frame is Cody Bellinger, uh, just because uh-huh. we're both kind of uh, lankier individuals um, who, who I think get our leverage and power from from our long levers. So, um, but as far as like you know exact play style, I mean it's, it's so it's so tough. You know, obviously, I think any player would like to say that they're you know you know just the first of themselves and yeah, um, but. Uh, but yeah, I, I try to try to be someone that can do a little bit of everything and play defense and um, uh, run the bases and and uh, and hopefully hit, you know hit for power, which has been the tool that's been showing up the most lately. Yeah, defensively, where is Kyle Stowers most comfortable in the outfield, or are you one of the guys that it seems like the organization is bringing in a lot of guys that are good at any of the outfield positions? Yeah, I, I I truly don't have a preference. Actually, um, I think in college I played uh, left and center. Um, in pro ball, it's been kind of a mixture of all three. Since being in Bowie, it's been mostly right. So, um, honestly, no preference. And I think kind of just you know whatever it takes to get in the lineup is is good with me. And and uh, we'll we'll try to make plays at any of the three. As somebody who clearly values both offense and defense, I'm curious. If you had to choose one, you can only do one, would you rather hit a home run or rob a home run? Uh, you know, I think the the cool thing, I mean, obviously they're both great. I mean, I'm, I'm someone who spends majority of my time in the offseason hitting, so, you know, definitely having success there just feels feels good. But, you know, when you rob a home run, you, you help out a pitcher too. Um, and, you know, so you get the, you get the shared joy of uh, – of making a big play than also uh, helping out a pitcher. So, you know, <laughs> it's so tough. I'm going to go with the robbing a home run play and help out one of my teammates. Also, a quicker way to get on Sports Center, probably. But regardless, there's some pretty good pitchers over there at Bowie, um, pretty good talent in general. What has been the overall vibe? You've been there now for 26 games. Um, is Is that sort of winning mentality contagious? What is it like to join a team with – you know, two or three of the top prospects in all of baseball, and how much does that just push you and everybody else around you to just play at your best? Absolutely, it sets the bar high, um, and 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 it makes us believe that we can, <clears throat> you know, win a lot of games. And so uh, I think going into going into games with confidence and and um, I don't want to say pressure, but just you know, belief in ourselves that uh, that this team's very talented, and and that this team when we perform. The way we're supposed to perform, you know, we can we can be very dangerous. So um, I think it's really exciting, um, and you know, I think like having a guy like Adley just, um, you know, just pushes you to be better, and just watching the way he goes about his business and how you know he's the hardest working guy in the room, and how uh, you know whether he has his best game or not his best game, he's the same guy. So um, you know, having people that just are true professionals around you, I think. Uh, is very big and and <clears throat> the talent like like you said uh, just makes us want to want to win and and continue to win. What what is so special about Rutschman, Adley? You I'm sure you call him Adley. You don't call him Rutschman. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh, well, I think kind of just what I was touching on a little bit is um, I think crap that's so easy to fall in a player is is the high highs and low lows and. Um, he's just such a steady person, such a steady presence on and off the field. Um, and I think that, that to me is what's most impressive about him is, um, is when he, like I said, when he doesn't have a great game, you'd have no idea, you know, he's, right. 
he's the same exact guy and, and whether, you know, he, he just had a three hit game or didn't have a hit in a game, you know, he, he's put in the same work in a cage. And, and I think there's something to be said about that and something that I'm trying to add uh, to my, to my game or to my life is just having that same sense of um, steadiness and, and trying to be uh, the same individual. Um, and I think with that comes uh, uh, not as big as, uh, uh, dips, you know, I think you avoid those long stretches um, of struggling if you're able to be like that and have that same belief in yourself. Does he have an unbelievable amount of nervous energy? I went out to see him. I can't remember if you had just joined the team or not. It was the gas can night when Grayson was pitching, and uh-huh. and I was take. I you were there. I was. I'm t- not sure. I can't remember. Okay, I was taken with um, how. At the after every inning, he's jumping out to engage with his starting pitcher. Then one inning, I looked to see if he was doing it, and he wasn't right away because he was backing up first base on a ground out. And then between the next inning, he's serving as almost like the bat boy. He just doesn't <laughs> stop. Yeah, he's. I think he's definitely a high energy guy, um, <laughs> which is which is very contagious. He he loves being at the field and. And I know that it uh, mean with the pitcher, something he's done for a while, um, yeah. you know, picking them up after every inning and then, um, you know, something like picking up the bat off um, <laughs> uh, from from the previous hitter, I think it just kind of goes to show that he's not above anything, you know. Right. And uh, um, so I think, you know, uh, he definitely is a high-energy guy, which is so fun to be around. With your uptick in production since you've reached Bowie, I'm curious. I mean, obviously, Double A is where a lot of teams will have their most talented prospects. Some of the best arms in all of minor league baseball mm-hmm. are facing you guys and standing across from you, sixty feet, six inches away. How much, as a competitor, does that kind of get the juices flowing? Does that does that push you even more, knowing that like this is this is a lot of really the measuring stick for Major League Baseball currently in the minors? Yeah, I think going into it, it was, uh, I think the exciting part about getting called up was, you know, that type of leveling up in competition um, and kind of seeing where you stack, uh, you know, against against really uh, top top competition. And, and I think, yeah, I think any guy would tell you that it'll fire them up. Uh, um, and, and hopefully, you know, uh, so far it's uh, it's gone more out of me and hopefully, uh, you know, I'll continue to um, – to carry that with me as I go and, and have that same, you know, competitive mindset of trying to prove myself and then um, also have fun playing the game. We're broadcasting from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. It's the Glenn Clark Radio Show, Stan the Fan, along with Kyle Ottenheimer. Uh, and we're talking with Kyle Stowers, uh, Orioles prospect outfielder, now currently at Double A. Um, just wanted to touch on you um with this issue that's going around at Major League Baseball now, where they're where they're sort of inspecting the pitchers after every inning to make sure they don't have a sticky substance. I mean, you've played college baseball. Uh, you've played now in the minor leagues. I'm sure some of the pitchers have been using stuff over the years. Do you like the fact that they're they're trying to get to the bottom of this and get it out of the game? Or would you rather have the pitchers have the ability to have better control of the baseball? Uh, you know, to be honest, I, I don't really have too much of an opinion. Unfortunately, um, I just don't have much, too much to say on that topic. Um, you know, I don't really know what 
um, you know, what's gone into it so much. So I, I just don't have much to say about that. I apologize. That's a, that's okay. That's okay. I appreciate your honesty on that. Go ahead, Kyle. What does it do? I mean, look, I say it to a lot of the prospects we talk to, right? It's no secret what it is that the Orioles at the major league level are going through, right? And there's ample opportunity for guys, should they produce in the way that you are and should continue to produce, to find themselves on the major league roster sooner than later. I know that you kind of have to stay in the moment and you don't try and look too far ahead, but as far as motivation is concerned, how how inspiring is it for you and the other players to know that you are like close and that when you achieve and continue to produce, you'll be rewarded? Yeah, I, I would say that um, for all, or for, I'll speak from uh, myself, um, you know, I think the standard I, you know, I, I hold myself to a high standard um, no matter what and, and have high expectations for myself. So I think um, for me, I just try to focus on doing what I can um, and getting, and being the best player I can possibly be. And, and you know, however the cards fall is how they fall. Um, I think, it, you know, it, it's definitely encouraging um, to think about opportunity. And, and uh, but that being said, uh, you know, I can't let that get caught up with, um as you said, getting uh, taken away from the day, I think with a 120 games um, playing six days a week, you know, um, you got to find a way to to stay in the moment somehow. Um, but that being said, yeah, it's definitely definitely excited to know that um, there's that potential opportunity down the road. But yeah, I think I try not too much to let that affect uh, what I am, just because I want to continue to hold myself to a high standard and, and be the best player I can be, and, and allow the rest to fall as it is supposed to. Hey, Kyle, um, you're one of the names we hear a lot about. Obviously, we hear about Adlai and Grayson, D.L. Hall, Gunnar Henderson. Could you give us a couple names of guys that you've rubbed elbows with so far in your pro career that you you think are guys that might be under the radar now that, that are worth worth keeping an eye on? Oh, man, I mean, I, 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 can, tell you, I can tell you that there's, um, there's a lot of talent up and down, even even names that aren't on the the you know quote unquote top 30 prospect list. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of so I think the guy that um, has been um, so impressive to me uh, is Joey Ortiz. Um, just uh, coming back from 2019, adding you know a lot of muscle, about mm-hmm. 15, 20 pounds of muscle, and and adding a lot of uh, miles per hour to his active velocity while being a, a great shortstop. But um, he's someone that I spent all of 19 with. Uh, instruct spring training and and four weeks in Aberdeen and then a few weeks here and he um, man he he loves the game and he he uh, he's his confidence doesn't waver so he's 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 someone that's super impressive but um, there's there's so many other guys like I mean I could talk about talk about this for a while um, okay there's a lot of, a lot of studs here were you at Aberdeen when Mundy came up from Delmarva yeah I spent. Um, about three or four weeks with him. How, what, what's your impression of him again? Because of the how short the draft was last year, only five rounds. He was an undrafted free agent, but he's got a quick bat, doesn't he? Oh yeah, hitters hit. That's, that's kind of my impression of him. He just he's a hitter, and he just he has a knack for for putting the barrel on the ball and, and doing damage. So I mean, he's the, the run he went on when I was there, and I from what I've heard and seen. Uh, has continued to go on has been very impressive. You mentioned, right, it's a grind. It's a long season in the minors and obviously in the majors as well, but, like, what do you guys do as a team to sort of decompress? How do you 
kind of step back from the game and stay relaxed throughout the course of the season? Like, what what is what is your go to, you know, relaxation method? Yeah, lately it's been uh, this year. It's been TV shows. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, also just anything like to to try to laugh. Um, I think you know, I, I, as much as as much laughter I can incorporate into a day, I try to. I think that keeps you light and. And uh, I always I always used to joke around uh, when I played in the Cape Cod League. I wouldn't wouldn't go out to stretch until I had a really good laugh, <laughs> and then I would say, "Okay, I'm ready to play now." Um, so I, I don't know, just trying to stay light. Um, but yeah, TV shows off the field, um, and obviously having having the off day on uh, um, Monday has been nice too, just to allow the body to rest. That that's been helpful. What have been your favorite TV shows of the year, and then what are you currently watching right now? So I'm currently watching The Chosen. Okay, um, which I'm not familiar. A story on the life of Jesus. And then uh, in the past, uh, I really enjoyed Yellowstone. Um, that oh. was something that I was watching early in the year, and that, that was a good, a lot of fun to watch. So I'm excited for that new season to come out in the fall. Interesting. I know uh, Orioles uh, play, uh, color analyst Ben McDonald always espouses the virtues of Yellowstone. Yellowstone yeah. I've heard good things yeah. about that. Did you see the movie yeah, that did you see that movie that Kevin Costner was in called Let Him Go? I'm not sure if I have. I, I don't think I it sounds familiar, but I don't think it's I have. A pretty, I mean, pretty much anything Kevin Costner is is so great. Yeah. He was really good in this. It was an uh, interesting story. Speaking of Kevin Costner, I gotta ask due to Bull Durham, what's your favorite baseball movie? It's actually Ben Schwarmer's. <laughs> I was just I remember growing up watching late at night with all my friends and always Which cracking up. Benchwarmers, the oh, uh, bench Happy yeah. Madison film. Honestly, I think it's underrated. I would agree with you. I would say that is an underrated movie and gets a lot of criticism, but that does not deserve. <laughs> yeah, I'd say, yeah, that was one I always grew up watching when I was younger. Now, now you say you like to laugh. Who's your favorite comedian? <clears throat> oh man. Oh. Um. Last week or two weeks ago, I was watching a few different guys. Um, the one I've been enjoying, I can't. Uh, Sebastian uh, Maniscalco. Manis- Manikowsko. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's very enjoyable. good. Yeah, very he, good. he was great. And then uh, another one I've always liked is Jim Gaffigan because yep. you know it's clean and he's he's a uh, he's pretty funny too. Have you ever seen Nate Bargatze? I don't think I have. I'm gonna put that one on the list. Yeah, if you're into, he's he's one of those guys. He's clean, also. You don't even really notice he is until you're like you hear that he hasn't sworn really the entirety of his performance. But he's one that I would oh, definitely that's... recommend. He's hilarious. That's perfect. All right, yeah. Nate, what did you say? Nate what? Nate Bargatze. It's B A R G A T Z E. Got it. Perfect. Kyle, it's been a lot of fun catching up, man. Um, I'm looking forward to continue to watch you progress yeah, to the minor league luck. season. I hope that you can only continue to raise that batting average and keep crushing homers, man. It's and, been and awesome to see what you've been doing sure, at Bowie. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate you guys having me. And, and uh, you can find him on Twitter, at Kyle Stowers, correct? Uh, what's that? You're on Twitter, at Kyle Stowers, correct? Yeah, Twitter, at Kyle Stowers, and then Instagram, at KJ Stowers 3 Awesome, All right, and man. keep that on base percentage over 400, and good things will happen. Yeah, that's the goal. All Baseball's right. more fun when you're on base. There All it right. goes. Talk to you Appreciate soon, Appreciate it, Kyle. man. Bye-bye. All right, thanks, guys. Bye. All right, Sports in Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate fan experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. We take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HDTVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. 
the perfect destination for sports enthusiasts and fun seekers. We're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Book your table now at sportssocialmd.com. That's sportssocialmd.com. Good stuff from Bowie Bay Sox outfielder Kyle He's a fun Stowers. seeker. He is. He is indeed a fun seeker. And for those interested, the Bowie Bay Sox return home tonight. They have a four-game series against Hartford. Tonight at 635 is actually Tops Thursday. And there's a pregame happy hour event as well. And then Friday and Saturday are fireworks nights. Wow. And uh, Saturday is the uh, Congrejas Fantasmas de Chesapeake night, as I think they're going to wear their alternate uniforms with some cool crab hats. You know, the people there. that go to fireworks, they're yeah. fun seekers. They are fun seekers, Stan. I would say that you, too, are a fun seeker. Uh, you can't be no sitting question. across from me here in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio unless you are. A fun seeker. You know, I had to laugh, though, that he was talking about how much laughter. And what are you watching? Yeah, 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 chosen yeah, the story of Jesus. I was also a bit sure laughed. that had a lot of laughs. I so. was a bit perplexed by that as well. But it seems like he doesn't only watch comedy. Clearly, he indulges in all genres. And good to get to know him a little bit better, as he has truly been on a Why don't we have two Utes? Uh, that'll be right now, actually. Funny you should mention it. Two Utes. Is brought to you by the BMW Championship, August 29th. The PGA Tour's top 70 golfers are coming to Baltimore to compete in the 2021 BMW Championship at Caves Valley Golf Club. Secure your tickets at bmwchampionship.com. So, without further ado... Two Utes, as intern Jack tells us what has been raising the antennas of those younger than ourselves. Uh, look forward to this every day as he certainly just, you know, brings the quality content to the show. We show would be nothing without the Two Utes segment, as absolutely, Jack, of course, knows. Absolutely nothing, nothing without Jack. Jack, what's going on in the world of the Utes? All right, well, uh, it kind of seems like we've hit a point in the summer where there's just, like, not a ton of new things Oh, what are you out. trying to just, what, are you throwing a cold water on the segment here after no, we hyped you up no, so much? No, 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 So I've actually, it's it, it's funny because now I feel like this morning, last night, there was, like, some pretty pretty big news in the college football world. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I'm, like, a pretty big college football fan, at least until I'm out of college. I'll be, sure. I'll be a big college football fan. For Makes sense. Being. So it turns out that the Big 12 may... Not be, uh, you know, sort of the big power five, like one of the top conferences in the country anymore, which is kind of upsetting because they... Oklahoma- oh, still not official yet. Not official, not official, yet. not official, but it seems more likely to happen than not as as what I've been reading for the last little bit. But, what are um, they talking about, them just disbanding that No, conference? so the they're talking dogs. about the two top teams, Oklahoma and Texas, want to switch from the Big 12 to the SEC and kind of just create like the ultimate the powerhouse conference, conference which kind of it's going to ruin college football if that happens. Well, it will ruin the well, college football as we know it and the conference right. alignment right. as we know it. But, but uh, what's it called? So it's kind of bringing up like this whole – back and forth between there's i'll just read a little part from the article so it was talking about um that it says like the whole kind of like debate amongst like if they should or shouldn't join is because like schools like florida doesn't want florida state to be in the sec like there's 
ACC, and then there's the SEC. And sure. There's schools like Georgia, who doesn't want Georgia Tech. South Carolina doesn't want Clemson. And Kentucky doesn't want Louisville. So it's like kind of saying, like, well, does Texas A&M, who kind of, like, left the conference years ago to mm-hmm. join and be, like, the only Texas, Texas school in the, in the SEC, like, do they really want Texas, who's probably going to draw a larger audience anyway sure. in that conference to start? I mean, probably not. And they're kind of saying, like, well, <clears throat> at the end of the day, it's like these, these they're not just schools. Like, they're pretty much companies. That no, they are. Yeah. And they generate hundreds of millions of dollars and collectively billions of dollars, especially the SEC more so than, like, the Big 12. Sure. They're going to just go revenue by itself. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what that what ends up happening. I personally hope it won't happen because I feel like the college football playoffs already designed just to get the four SEC schools in. So, I mean, if we're going to throw in Texas and Oklahoma, who sort of one of the two sort of sneaks their way into like the top eight, mm-hmm. top ten, Texas, not so much. I feel like they've like underperformed for the last decade, sure. decade and a half. They haven't really been relevant in a while, but um, like it's. It's going to be really bad for college football. I mean, the NCAA, as as we've seen recently, is kind of just like crumbling right now in terms yep. of the NIL and everything like that and players profiting off of themselves. So if they're going to form like this super league, it's kind of just like, uh, I mean, schools like the Big Ten and, and the ACC may, may only get one shot at, at a school in the, in the college football playoff if they don't go with like the whole realignment of adding, you know, eight teams, 12 teams to the college football playoff, which is if – if something like this would happen, I, I I personally think that that's what they should do. They should have to expand the college football playoff because I'm kind of tired of seeing Alabama play Ohio State in one game and then Clemson play Georgia in the other. I feel like it's the same four teams every single year. So it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully it won't happen. They just should just keep the conferences the way it is and just let Texas and Oklahoma just dominate the, the Big 12. for the So time as game. a college youth yourself currently, you are in favor of remaining status quo, keeping the ACC, Big 12, Pac-12, yeah. Big 10, just SEC. Just because these schools have been around for, for the last 80 years, 100 years, and they've been in the Big 12. So just to kind of say, like, screw the NCAA, we're going to do this because the schools are going to benefit and profit probably it's going to be a lot of money. Tens of millions, yeah. if not hundreds of millions of dollars in the long run of things. Sure. It's kind of just, it's going to ruin sports in college as itself because then it's really just going to become like a minor league version of the NFL. Which, which it already it is. It already is, but it's going to be to an even greater extent if things like this are going to start to come. I mean, like Ohio State's going to be in the Big Ten. They'll run the Big Ten for the foreseeable future. Michigan too, but you're not going to really have a shot at, at really like achieving the greatest if you have to compete amongst these conferences and I mean only one or somebody two might argue that this would sort of cause them to sort of cannibalize themselves that if Oklahoma and Texas join the SEC perhaps it might give you know Georgia Alabama more chances to lose a game here and there maybe knocking them out of the playoffs but no I get what you're saying I mean I think that I was probably my eyes were opened to the sort of you know malleable nature of conferences in college athletics when the Big East in basketball really disbanded and what was during my childhood probably the top conference in all of college basketball, the ACC and Big East probably hand in hand, was relegated to nothing other than kind of an afterthought. Um, But, you know, it is a business and this is ultimately about dollars. And so for teams maybe like Georgia or Alabama who would be complaining, you do wonder how much more money they would stand to gain should Texas and Oklahoma now be involved. Yeah, so right. 
I mean, we saw it with just Maryland, let alone from the switch from the ACC to the Big Ten. I mean, I think I think is what the the entire thing ended up being it was like fifty million dollars for the next like 10, 15 years is yep. what Maryland was going to bring in. I mean, you can clearly see that that was a hundred percent the reason to do the switch. Yep. But I mean, it's kind of be, it's benefited Maryland in, in a big way in terms of just like the infrastructure that they're building all over the school and be, building these like state of the art facilities. It's gaining a bigger bigger attraction. But that's Maryland football. But has it negatively impacted them as far as fan competitive, interest, competitive, competitive balance? Right? Well, in like, terms of football, I mean, they're not they're not very competitive amongst the Big Ten. No, they're usually bottom bottom half. I mean that's really or, the, or what, last. <laughs> that's really what Loxley is up against. Sure. Can right. he turn them into a relevant Big Ten team? And how yeah. much has it hurt the basketball team to not have your annual Rivalries, rivalry games right. between yeah. Duke and UNC and the yeah. like? So it's complicated. Uh, it's probably reduced down to just the dollar sign, and it's not that complicated when you really look at it. But I think the impact across the country for fans and and analysts and all of that, it, it, it has complications, and it probably does cause mixed emotions as far as all that's concerned. So I definitely understand the yeah. uh, confusion as it falls with that. What's number two? All right, so number two was um, yesterday Tom Brady was uh, had an interview with someone from SiriusXM, and they were kind of just like, it wasn't like a serious thing. It was just like it wasn't a serious XM thing, huh? Yeah, funny. Nice. Um, so, <laughs> um, so they were kind of just like going back and forth, and obviously, like the whole thing with Tom Brady, like leaving the Patriots last season, joining the Bucks. There's been like the whole rumor, like he's said it numerous times. Like there's teams that were interested and they weren't interested, and kind of blows my mind that if you had the opportunity to go and get Tom Brady, like how in the world could you not get Tom Brady? I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, though. Though yes, but. That I mean, if you have a shot to to get the greatest football player ever on your team for one year, I feel like you got to pull the trigger. Forty two years old is pretty old. It is, it is, but I can understand trepidation. But obviously, like I said, hindsight's yep. twenty twenty. You know so, that he went on that historic run with the Bucks, and he's reigning Super Bowl champion right now. So it's a lot easier yeah. to criticize those teams so, for not doing so it. So yesterday, Brady had like a couple couple lines in the, in the interview that that just kind of like blew up, and it was it's kind of funny because it's kind of sparked the whole thing. It's like, all right, who are these teams that, or who's like the because he keeps referring to like there's one team in particular and they mm -hmm. know he says they know who they are but he refuses to say because it kind of he said yesterday that it it just it's some some of that stuff needs to stay personal with him and not really let that get out for like the public to know because he is, you know, just, adding just, to the fire just what brady needs it, just right? what brady needs he needs more fuel to, to get him going to maybe like, win oh, it needs to stay personal needs to stay personal right. i'm going to tell you everything bring, except the name of the team right, exactly. <laughs> it but, wouldn't be a conversation without you tom it, it, yesterday, it kind of solidifies that that Brady clearly thinks himself as being the greatest of all time, rightfully so. But he said yesterday it would be a no-brainer if you said, "Hey, we have a chance to go get Wayne Gretzky, or you can add Michael Jordan to your team." And it's like it's he said, "Ah, um, he said, ah, like no, we don't need a guy." There's like nothing that. like no when the, there's nothing like when the Wizards right, added yeah. Michael Jordan. He Obviously. really took him right over the Every top. Every team was competing for his services back when he uh, suited up for the Wizards. Right. Yeah, no. It's a, Tom Brady has to find things to motivate him. Yeah. He clearly is one of the best competitors ever and arguably the greatest quarterback that ever lived. But I think he's oversimplifying things when he talks about the way that offseason went down and making it a no-brainer that teams should have been, you know, yeah, rolling out the red carpet. And if it is the Saints, like some people have reported as the team <laughs> that, you know, he's kind of talking most trash about, then, like, that's way more complicated of a discussion where you're going to talk about casting aside another well, quarterback yeah, exactly. who's a Hall he's of Famer in Drew Brees and saying we're going to cast Drew Brees away so we can sign a 42-year-old quarterback 
to try and replace him. Like, it's not that easy, Tom. No, it's but uh, it'll be interesting. They play the Patriots, the Bucks. I think week four it yeah. is. And so, one of the defensive players on the Patriots, I've never even heard of him before. His name is Byron Cowart. By- Byron Coward. I think Cowart? he actually was a Terp, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Let me see if I'm wrong about that. So I think he was a Terps defensive lineman who was yeah, a once upon a time Auburn. Tackle, yeah. Uh, he, he, let me just go ahead and see if I'm right or wrong. Byron Cowart, defensive tackle from Auburn. But I swear he finished at Maryland. Am I just making that up? Am I confusing him with somebody else? I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy, Jack. Keep talking. I'll see if I'm um, right or wrong. So anyway, they, they were kind of with the whole season. Kind I'm of not crazy. He finished at Maryland. Oh, Wikipedia is okay. a liar. They said Auburn. Give him his credit. Never, Maryland Never alum. trust Wikipedia. Exactly. Never trust it. Um, but anyway, he was. They were so they were talking about the game between the Patriots and the Bucks that are going to come. Uh, that's a uh, schedule on Week Four, and this guy just from left field. Obviously, the like the Patriots are going to have some sort of ceremony. Like sure. they're probably going to honor Brady. They'll have like a video montage. One I'm would sure, think. I'm yeah. sure Robert Kraft and Belichick are going to be there greeting him, and the fans are going to show nothing but the utmost respect for this guy. Mm-hmm. He's given it everything for 20 years. Like there's nothing, nothing you can really be mad sure. about with this guy. And out of nowhere, he says, "Yeah." Yeah, we're not going to welcome Tom Brady when he comes. He's like, this is a football game. We're here to win and all of this. And it's just like this guy was drafted when Brady – he was a rookie during Brady's last season with the Patriots. Yeah. So he doesn't really know Brady all that well. Got to spend probably one season, and I don't know if they did a lot of talking with each other. I don't know if Brady is uh, very fond of the rookie defensive tackles. Yeah, I can't um, say for sure. I don't know. It would be interesting to see whether they do any sort of formal ceremony honoring Brady while he's still they, playing. I think they are I mean, planning on it. So. I, mean, I would think it would be uh, something they were mulling over. Um, but you know, if I don't think if Joe Flacco were to return to MNT Bank Stadium, while the fans would clearly give him a warm welcome, I don't know that they would take time to say anything over the jumbotron, or they would just wait until he's retired and have a you know formal ceremony honoring him. Then, what do you think, Stan? Do you think the Patriots will go out of their way, like as a PA announcers and Belichick and Kraft, like taking the time to to sort of honor Brady when he's still playing, or do you think they're going to wait until he's I done? I think they'll wait. I think it's inures to their benefit to sort of let him close out his career and then have some type of ceremony to retire his number or something. It'll be interesting. I mean, it's clearly one of the more hyped regular season games in NFL history. Definitely, especially this year. Yeah, I mean, so no doubt people will be watching that one with uh, bated breath to see exactly how that all goes. won't be shocked if Brady lights it up, throws for like 500 yards and seven touchdowns and then blames it on this defensive tackle for just, that's just one extra thing that'll get Brady going. I would probably bet on the the Buccaneers going out of their way to make sure that Tom Brady has an impressive stat line in that game. I would agree, I would agree. Number three? So number three is more like something that would have been very, very big news back in quarantine. And as a result of the lockdowns being over and all of this, Netflix is trying to find a way to gain some more followers and subscribers and all of this because as we all, I'm sure, spent most of our time during the quarantine, we were sitting on the couch. Yep. Probably watching something on Netflix, Hulu, HBO, whatever, yep. whatever the streaming platform you uh, you you choose to do. But um, so as their um, their subscribers is this past month, they only had five point five million subscribers, which seems like seems like a pretty big number. But it was actually their lowest first half total hmm. since twenty thirteen, which I think is when they first became a um, streaming like a streaming service. service. Yeah. yeah, and. So to try and get people to 
like add along and, and join their their uh, subscription is they're gonna start doing uh, Netflix video games and they're gonna yeah. kind of take the the streaming platform to like an even bigger level how does that work so they haven't come out and said what games they're gonna they're gonna offer but i think it's more like have you ever heard of like i think it's called blacklist is no. one of the shows or, or black mirror is oh yeah one. black mirror i know about yeah, yeah black yeah. mirror have you seen it yeah so I, i've watched Pretty, uh, i've watched uh, a trippy. bunch of those yeah, yeah but so though that's more like i think the video game-esque t- route that they're gonna take in terms of like when you're watching the episode you can dictate how the well, episode that's more is of an go. interactive right, that's, viewing yeah. experience. So I've read mixed things. So I said, so one of the things that they've been, tried that before with Black Mirror and yeah. with I think Kimmy Schmidt, they had episodes where you were able to sort of yeah, choose you your could, own adventure. It would of ask sorts. you like a yes or no right. question. It's like, do you want to do that? No. Yeah. So I've actually, I've actually, there's I've a couple it, shows yeah. where I've seen that's that, that's the case, and I've actually watched them twice with, and I've taken both yeah. different routes to see like how you get to the the same ending so those are kind of cool but it'll be cool to see like the video game i mean can you imagine i don't know how they're gonna is it a video game like you're gonna need a controller to play or is it like use your remote control and it's simply no, think, like yeah, choose think, your adventure yeah, more I so that's what they're calling it a video, a video game yeah it's more like the video game lifestyle a little but, like, gimmicky among, on their part i right. think it's just trying to gain because i even like their it says like i was reading that their stock's not doing great even though it's netflix like you, sure. if you have your hands on a netflix stock like, you're not you're, selling you're, it right right you're doing pretty well um but no, it'll be cool to see because, um, I mean, in terms of like the streaming sites and all of that, like cable television's kind of kind of plummeting as we speak. But to add a video game, I mean, I mean, I'll definitely check it out for sure. I'm intrigued. And I don't watch Netflix as much as I used to. They've they've kind of gone away from having and with the influx of all the different streaming services who are rights holders of a lot of the shows that used to be on Netflix they have a lot more original content it seems well, that, like yeah, now than they yeah. do well they used to just stream like whatever like right. the old like the office you could go to Netflix yeah, exactly. and watch it or Sunny and all that yeah. but now it's like they're they're really going out on a limb on their original content yeah. which I'm there's the so much of it out there that it's hard for me to decipher what's good and worth watching and yeah. what is just garbage yeah i mean i'm not the biggest fan. they have way too many things like yeah. when i spend when i go on those streamings i spend 99 percent of my time looking for something yep. and then clicking the exit button to go back to yep. like espn so it's, just it's easier to be like i'm gonna put us <laughs> always sunny in philadelphia on right. and just let that play because i know it and i'm familiar with exactly. it and i think hbo max has done a pretty good job with their content they do yeah. a lot of good stuff over there as well so netflix is not the uh king that they once were it's no, not exactly their landscape not. to rule so they have to try and get back a little bit of that viewership i guess yeah all right so. jack Good stuff. Appreciate it. That was two Utes. We love that segment. You don't whistle, you don't whistle uh, on the way out. Only <laughs> one whistle for me. I still don't even know what exactly I'm whistling for what it's worth. Glenn does. But he, you do you do the same whistle I every do. day. It was Glenn that started it, all right? I'm only carrying the torch of Glenn Clark Radio. It was that one. Do you know what song it is? No, I have See? no idea. I don't either. They got to make Shazam or something for whistles. Yeah, right? so you, can, you can figure it I'm out. sure it's coming. Netflix will come up with it. It's a video <laughs> right. game. That was two Utes. Appreciate Jack. Every, every day coming up with that content. Uh, that brings us to Tidbit of the Day. Tidbit of the Day is brought to you by Window Nation, and you can get 50% off all styles of Windows, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no for interest months. for 24 months. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. So we talked a little bit of Ravens football today, and Kadria Smile in particular was talking about Lamar Jackson, MVP quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. 
fans who think he's not as good as he actually is will often reference his rushing totals and how he's more of a runner than he is a thrower. Well, he's a damn good runner. There's no question about that. Only Josh Allen in the last three seasons has more rushing touchdowns than does Lamar Jackson. Jackson, though, does have the most yards by a wide margin. Who was that again? That has Josh a... Allen has Josh rushed Allen. for 25 touchdowns. Lamar Jackson, 19 in the past three seasons. They are joined by Cam Newton, Kyler Murray, and Deshaun Watson as the only quarterbacks with 15 or more. But Jackson is not a one-trick pony. He has also been an efficient passer since joining the league. In fact, people want to talk about Josh Allen. Well, he's not even on this list. Lamar Jackson has a 102.6 passer rating since 2018, surpassed only by, well, Kirk Cousins, kind of leave that one off there, not too thrilled about that. Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Ryan Tannehill, who's been very good, Russell Wilson, Pat Mahomes, and leading the list, Drew Brees. So Tom Brady, it's not quite as simple as, oh, it should have been me and the Saints, blah, 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 blah. Drew Brees, still on top of that list, though he will no longer be playing football as he has retired. According to William Hill U.S., which is America's largest sportsbook operator, the Baltimore Ravens' odds to win the Super Bowl entering the 2021 season sit at plus 1,400. Stan the fan. Yes. There are five teams entering the season who, according to this sports book, have as good a chance or better to win the Super Bowl than the Ravens. Can you name those teams? Buffalo. Buffalo at plus 1,200 is one of the five. I would say that Kansas City. Top dog, Kansas City, plus 500. I'm going to guess that, uh, I'm going to guess San Francisco. They are. Actually, that was the one that probably most surprised me. They are plus 1,400, the same odds as the Baltimore Ravens. Um, after that. You are downright forgetting one team right now. I'm, I'm one down? You have the, two more. The, two the Buccaneers, more. indeed, Buccaneers, the defending okay. champions at plus 650. And there's Still one. Still not a believer. Still not a believer. Still not a believer in the Bucs. <laughs> You said the Browns. Are they ahead of Browns us? are plus sixteen hundred behind the Ravens. Oh, maybe so. the Titans. It is not the Titans. They aren't even in the top eight. It's Seriously. not the Packers. No. Not the Packers. the Packers. Plus sixteen hundred for the Packers. Gotta, gotta um, are they thinking the Dolphins are suddenly going to? No, it is not the Dolphins. Okay, I'm I'm leaving somebody good out there. How about Arizona? Not Arizona. This team made a big... Oh, the, acqui- the, the uh, Rams. It is indeed. The I'm Los sorry. Angeles yeah. Rams are trading two first-round picks for Matt Stafford. Expectations I think they're my favorite. High. I think they're my favorite to, uh, to really step up this I year. I tend to agree with you for what it's worth. Though Stafford certainly has expectations now that everyone's talking so highly about him after they gave up two first-round picks and traded away Jared Goff for his services. But the Rams at plus 1,400 are indeed the last of those teams. A couple more additions from John and Little Rock. In regards to the SEC Big 12 discussion, he says that it takes four schools to kill the expansion. He says Arkansas, A&M, and Missouri will vote no. They only need one more. He says he's for it for what it's worth. The Big 12 is done if it happens. Iowa State and Kansas would likely go to the Big 10. West Virginia would go to the ACC, and some of the others would go to the Pac-12. He also says that with the over-under 
for Maryland football this season, sitting at six, he thinks the over is a good bet as he has. A lot of people are pretty high, high on Maryland. I mean, high every, hopes. every year everyone's high on Maryland, and little did they it. looked good last year in the time that they did have. I mean, when you say they looked good, it's more important that Talia Talagaloa yeah, looked good, yeah. and he, for the first time, I think, gives the Terps real hope for offensive production from quarterback, and they have a uh, pretty stacked wide receiver core. So, you know, defense remains to be seen what that will look like, but they should figure to score some points under Mike Loxley this season. So they will be interesting to watch. I'm excited to see what they It'd can do It would be nice if well. they can get to six wins. Just, just no a real quick thing. When you sure. gave that those stats on Lamar Jackson's running touchdowns yep. to Josh Allen, yep. how many games I just was looking uh, – he's got 44 games played. How many does uh, Lamar Jackson have? Wouldn't he have about four or five less games? Yeah, they're about. Well, he played in the games at the start of the season for the Ravens. He wasn't starting. Right. So if you're talking right. games, exactly. it might be similar, but starts would be fewer. Right. Um, so, yes, Allen has probably had more opportunity. More and then for the like first five or six more starts, yeah. I would Lamar's played in 46 games, but he okay, has a but 30 I... and 7 regular season record, which is just like the games he started. Okay, so he's 30 and 7. Yeah. And, and I right. bet you Josh Allen's got 44. The combined, like combined. complete so, games. So yeah. had they played in the same amount of games, I think Lamar Jackson would have more running. You say that, but Josh Allen is is the biggest goal line threat as far as all that's concerned. He is their goal line back in Buffalo, so in his frame. He was a great pick. He's looking like a great quarterback. There's no doubt about it. But, indeed, that will bring us to Totally Tubular. Totally Tubular is brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Call C3 American Exteriors to get roof and siding repairs for the cost of your home insurance deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 at 410-401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. There is, of course, no Game 7 in the NBA tonight due to the Bucks closing things oh, out on I had that Tuesday on my, night. I had that on my must-watch Sports tonight. fans would have had their calendars marked, but alas, oh that will not be happening. There's also no Orioles baseball tonight, so I don't know if you like sports. There's Bowie Bay Sox. There is. Home. If you have minor league baseball, minor league TV, or you want to go make a trip out to the yard, you can absolutely do so. On MLB Network, the Rangers and Tigers will square off at 1 o'clock, and the Yankees and Red Sox. At 7, as Glenn says, nice to see those two teams finally get some exposure on television, you know? Uh, NBC Sports Network has Olympic coverage at 7.30, including rowing and some other stuff, I'd imagine. On ESPN at 6 o'clock, the NHL schedule release. Uh, there's some MLS action at 7.30 with the Philadelphia Union and Orlando City square off. And at uh, 9.30, the Seattle Sounders and Austin Football Club take the field. On the Golf Channel at 2.30 p.m. this afternoon, the PGM 3, PGA 3M Open Round 1. And then WWE with NXT UK at 3. And Axis TV has Impact Wrestling at 8. As far as non-sports is concerned, uh, Jesus and Mira on Showtime at 11 o'clock. Uh, Walker and Outpost on CW at 8 and 9 respectively. If you know what they are, congratulations. You can watch it. Viceland, Dark Side of the 90s, 10 o'clock. Um, on the CBS, Colbert has 
people I've never heard of. But check it out at glenclarkradio.com if you want to see if you've heard of them. Good Girls, 9 o'clock on NBC. Fallon with Kate Beckinsale, Fred Armisen, and Leon Bridges. Leon Bridges did is you say tremendous. Kate Beckinsale? I did. She's Ooh. lovely. What show is she on? Uh, she's going to be on Fallon tonight. Fallon? On NBC. I just can't watch Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, right. I'm not a big fan of myself. Uh, Seth Meyers follows at 12.35 with uh, Mindy Kaling and Jack Antonoff on ABC. When Nature Calls with Helen Mirren at 8 o'clock. Holy Moly at 9. Uh, and then Kimmel, guest host Anthony Anderson, welcomes Christian Slater, Chase Stokes, and something called K-E-M to the show. A reminder to get out to Jimmy's Famous Seafood this Sunday, July 25th for the return to training camp crab feast featuring Baltimore edge rusher Tyus Bowser. The event benefits Casey Cares. Get your tickets now by going to great8smemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, great8smemorabilia.com. Well, that about does it for today's program. A thank you once more to Stan the Fan for sitting in for the past four shows. It's always a pleasure Sir, uh, thank you to Jack for two Utes and more. Uh, thank you to our guests this morning: Kadri Ismail, Melanie Newman, Kyle who's Stowers. Gonna in, who's going to be in for me? Paul tomorrow. Valley will be Paul, sitting in Paul your Valley seat tomorrow morning. Paul Valley will be sitting morning. in my seat. Indeed, it's actually Glenn's seat. Well, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, if you missed any of the interviews this morning, we'll get them all up in the greatest hits section of the archives text or section, excuse me, at glennclarkradio.com. Come on tomorrow morning's show. We will chat with Baseball America's J.J. Cooper. I'm, to be honest, still trying to make sense of how the Orioles' bonus pool allotment's going to shake out. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on all the guys they've drafted, what he thinks. I know he was very high on Reed Trimble, higher than others. Um, so excited to see what it is about Trimble that he's so excited about. Uh, we will also chat with, um, I forget you now, I believe... Baltimore Suns Ravens beat writer Jonas Schaefer will join us to talk about the team as training camp is just around the corner, and we are hoping to make a trip over to Aberdeen. I won't necessarily plug it without confirmation that it is happening, but we will hope to make a trip down to Aberdeen as well. So, once more from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio, Kyle Ottenheimer, Stan the Fan. Uh, no Orioles tonight, so you know, watch whatever you want to watch. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. And uh, by the way, I should probably say a thank you to all of our sponsors. U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, K&S Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social, MD, the BMW Championship, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, and your local Toyota dealer in buyatoyota.com. Said it already. We got it. I'll do it. Did say yeah, it already. I did. All right. And Duke sucks once more because they suck twice. And Ohio State sucks four times. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a good one.